Aman, yeah, Lachaim, Barachatol, the Nuri, the Hemikhilim Shakal Nibidvari. Lachaim, Lachaim. Tonight is a very, very holy night, the night of the Yartzai Tilula. 211 years ago, in Tafkuf Ayin Gimel, uh, the Alter Rebbe passed away, Matzah Shabbos. Then it was on a Matzah Shabbos right after Avdallah. And um, his light and his power and his influence keeps on getting stronger and stronger from year to year as the Geula is becoming more, more powerful and more present within the world. And the Alter Rebbe is bringing in the lights of Redem of Anasi, which we'll talk about Bez Hashem soon in the Fabrengen. I had this Chus Baruch Hashem this year was exciting that that um Davis comes out on a Thursday night because I had a schus for the last 20 years to be teaching every Thursday night the Alter Rebbe's Maimarim. Almost always the Alter Rebbe's Maimarim. Sometimes we taught Maimarim from the various different Rabbeim, but the Iker come out every Thursday night for 20 years. We're learning, and we don't just learn, but we learn for hours every Thursday night. Um... It started in Pico and Beis Pizzalo, in which the Shia was organized 20 years ago. Um, it's a little less than 20 years. It started with a with Shvuis. I was invited to teach in Beis Pizzalo on Pico Boulevard, Shvuis by night. And I decided, let's let's learn a mimer from the Alter Rebbe, Shvuis by night. So we learned a mimer. And we spent an entire night, actually it was three, four hours, I remember that we, we, we learned. No one, we didn't stop, we just learned straight. It's the first time I've done a marathon like that. And by the 10, and the end, it was like morning, it was like turning into morning, and we, we, were so, we were so elevated by it. And everybody was in such a high that the question was, why not? Why not do this weekly? Why can we do this weekly? Why, why should we only leave this for once a year, Shavuos, by night? And from that question, why not, Baruch Hashem turned into 20 years of the study of the Alter Rebbe's Maimarim, in which I almost completed the both books of the Alter Rebbe, both Svarim, Taira Or, and Lukuti Taira. Almost, we still have quite, uh, you know, a, a nice bunch of 50, 60 or something like that, Maimarim. To do, so it still can take another two years until we make the seum, but we're getting close. And it's all recorded, Baruch Hashem online. Some of them have not been posted. They're, lo- they're somewhere in, in uh, different various places. Baruch Hashem, we're doing a lot of work now at Mayan to search up all the old memorim that are kind of somewhere on a computer, on a, on a, on a, on a file, and Hashem's help, I should find many of them that are missing, but we hopefully, especially from the early years. Now this week, all the memorum of Torah Or, I've already, we've already learned and completed in the earlier years. It happens to be this mimer um, that we're learning tonight, although I taught it already. Um, I'm going to do it again 
first of all, it's a short mimer, and I wanted to fabreng a little tonight. And secondly, it's one of those that for some reason I don't have visibly right now. I'm sure it's somewhere, but it needs a little di- deep diving into the into the Alma Cassia of the computers, the hidden worlds of the computers to, pl- to pull them out. But so I figured, okay, it would be a good idea to learn this mimer tonight. We'll do a Chazara. Taught it many years ago. I forgot already everything we taught anyways. And I'm sure maybe some of you remember, but <laughs> in any case, on this holy night, let's learn the holy words of the Alter Rebbe as we've been doing for 20 years. A big shout out to all those who were there at the beginning and helped to start. Today, when I sent out uh, the invite, I think it was two days ago, I got an exciting, uh, someone said, oh, I'm so emotional about this. And that was Rabbi Ellie Engelson, who teaches in Crown Heights. He has uh, uh, countless students who come study and he started his first few years of Hasidus um, at, at the Thursday night chair. Many others. It's really, really a big privilege, especially since the stuff is online and I have no idea how many people have been learning how many countless hours of the Alter Rebbe's Torah was studied and learned? It's huge. I also want to give a shout out to Aki Abasera, who's the one who, who, who was the organized the share for many years, created the flyer for it, and organized weekly the food at this share, and made the copies for many, many years, and helped, and was uh, the uh, one of the founders of Mayan founded Mayan together with me and did a lot of hard work and getting us started and then being here and developing. So he's a huge schuss in this all. And uh, all those who learned and all those who supported and all this. So it's a, it's a milestone. 20 years is a huge milestone. So again, it wasn't, it's not full 20 years, but I figured Chav Dalatevis on a Thursday night would be a good time to mark at least we're 19 and a half years from the beginning of this, of this journey. Okay. And tonight's uh, share number one, the entire Fabrengen today, and um, is Lischus. Let's mention a few people. It is Lischus. Was on the flyer. Give me a second. Lischus, Rabbi Yankel Greenbaum, Rabbi Yaakov Ben Rabbi Shmuel Yosef, whose yard site is in Tevis. And his wife, um, Mrs. Bela Greenbaum, sponsored a few events in the Chodesh Tevis, and this is one of them. May this be a big Elias Neshama for him. Rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov Greenbaum, he was huge, huge, deeply connected to Mayan Yisrael, was a big supporter over here with uh, a very open heart. Hashem should elevate his Neshama to the greatest heights and send a lot of brachas to him, his Meshpacha, his family, the entire Greenbaum family. Also, um, Ruve Nathanson and Hanaliba Nathanson were Mishtatif in today's event, even though they're not here yet. Maybe they'll be here soon. It was Mishtatif. And this was, give me a second, I have to pull up the information. It was Mishtatif for, meaning his, his participation was in honor of. Malka Hana Bas Yosef. The memory of Yardsight, the 29th of Tevis. May her neshama have a great aliyah. I met Mrs. Esther Roth today and said she wanted to be Mishtatif. She wanted to be a partner in today's event as well. So I don't think it was for anything in particular, just 
for the schus of and be part of the great the great momentous occasion. And um, this we want to dedicate this fabrengen and and learning tonight also l'schus the neshama of what's his name Gershon Yechiel Ben Yitzchok, who tr- very tragically passed away. I think it was yesterday. Today was his funeral. Friedman, um, untimely passing. We don't know beside Nishamas, but um, a very special yid here in our community. May this be his chus for his Nishama, and may it bring comfort to the family. And they shouldn't know any more of any more pain and any more darkness and any more suffering. And because of Mamish, all those who departed should come back down here and celebrate with us, Lamata Masarat Fachan, down here below. And now to the holy words of the Alter Rebbe. This week's parsha, we learn that the Ebishter sent Moshe Rabbeinu to take the Jews out of Egypt, and Shem sent Moshe to take the Yidden out of Mitzrayim. And um, Moshe asks Hashem, if when I come to the Yidden in Mitzrayim and I tell them that, you know, God sent me, what's your name? They're going to ask me, what's your name? So Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu a pretty long answer. First he says, Eka Asher Eka, tell them that. And then he says, tell them, Hashem Aleichem God, the God of your father, Yudke Vavke, sent me to you. And he concludes with an interesting statement. This is my name forever. And this is my remembrance. For generation to generation. This is my name forever. Rashi says, what is the meaning? This is my name forever. And this is my zikri, my the way it should be mentioned. So Rashi says, the Torah is teaching us, Hashem was teaching Moshe, how to how we will relate to God's name. The word la'olam also means, means forever, but also means from the word helem. Zeshemi, this is my name. La'helem, and that has to be concealed. Which means my name, Hashem says, is not, is not revealable. That means you're not allowed to call me by my name. Although this is my name. La'olam, however, it has to be la'olam, it has to be concealed. Because the Yudke Vavke is not a, is not, we're not permitted to say out God's name. Until Mashiach comes, we cannot say Hashem's name. But Vezezir, Hashem's ultimate name. Vezezikri, but Hashem says, when you want to mention my name, the way you will pronounce it, the way it's written is Yudke Vavke, but the pronunciation of it is not in its true, in its, in its full meat, in its full pronunciation. Instead, I will give you like kind of a nickname to use for the pronunciation. That's me, Zezichri. That's the way you will mention it. Ladar Vadar, throughout all the generations, until Mashiach comes, you can pronounce it as it is written. Okay? So according to that, and, and what is that? That's the way we pronounce Hashem's name. Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yud. We don't say Yud, Kei, Vav, Kei. We, re, we refer to Hashem's name as Aleph, Dalit, Ado. That's how we say it. Okay, fine. But what do we see from here? That Shemi, name, is higher than Zichri. Zichri means the way it's mentioned. That's the way we are allowed to say. That's a lower, a lower level. Zichri, that's what is allowed to be articulated. It is allowed to be spoken. But Shmi, Hashem's essential name, as it is for itself, that is so lofty and so high, 
that has to be concealed, that can't be, that can't be. And that's relating to the Yud Kivavke. So the Alter Rebbe brings a, a fascinating teaching of the Zohar. Where the Zohar says, in Tekunei Zohar, the Zohar says a thing like this. We know that in the Torah, there's all kinds of mitzvahs, commandments. The commandments are divided into two primary categories, positive commandments and prohibitive commandments. So the, uh, and so the Zohar says, how, how many positive commandments do we have? 248. How many prohibitive commandments do we have? 365. So the Zohar says like this. When Hashem is saying my name and my remembrance, he is alluding to the two forms of mitzvahs that we will connect in. In other words, it's not, when God is introducing himself to us, means God is communicating himself to us. God is making himself available to us. How do we connect Hashem? We will have his name throughout, through Torah mitzvahs. In mitzvah observance, there are two types. There are mitzvahs that will connect us to Hashem's name, and there are mitzvahs that will connect us to Hashem's remembrance. And that's why the Zohar says like this. The word zikri, the numeric value of the word zikri is 248 plus vav k. 248 plus vav and the hey of Hashem's name. In Hashem's name, there's yud k vav k. Four letters. So the, the last two letters, the vav and the hey, equal 11. So if you take 248 and you add 11, what is it? 259. 259 is the exact numeric value of the word zikri. Zichri, which means remembrance of God, is 259. Let's make sure. It says a misnagid has to, has to count. He has to check. Okay? Because we don't always trust, right? So we want to know, do we trust the Zohar? Of course we do, but let's make the count anyways. Reish is 200. What? Is what? I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Here we go. See, that's good with checking. Zichri, that's the opposite. Zichri together with 11, that's what it is. Zichri, the word Zichri, remembrance of God's name. If you add to it the Vav K of Hashem's name, then you beget 248, which is the number of the mitzvahs. So the 248 mitzvahs are the word Zichri, are the remembrance of Hashem's name with the Vav K of Hashem's name, with the latter two letters of Hashem's name. The, the, um, the, uh, the word Shmi, which is Gematria, Wat, Shin, Mem, 350, is the word is, is, is oh, so 365, the prohibited commandments, which are 365, Shasa Loisa says, 365 prohibitive commandments are put together, the number 365 from the word Shemi, which is 350, plus Yudke, the first two letters of God's name, because that 15, 15 plus 350 is 365. So what is, that's what the Zohar says. It's a nice Torah. A nice, cute thing. Yeah. Shmi, Zichri, prohibitive commandments, positive commandments. But if you think about it, it's astonishing. Why is it astonishing? Because we always feel that we connect Hashem very strongly when we do a positive commandment. We do a mitzvah. We, we do tzedakah. We put on tefillin. We, do, we blow the shofar. We eat matzah. Any mitzvah, positive mitzvah that we do, we're connecting to Hashem with a deep connection. Then sometimes we're tempted. We have all kinds of temptations or different kinds of all kinds of other stuff, which are all have to do with the dark stuff that are in the world. We're living in this world. And sometimes we experience all kinds of seductions and desires and wants and all kinds of and we have to be careful not to fall into the dark side. So for that, God gave us the prohibitions. 
So the prohibitions don't really connect us so much to God. It just keeps us away from the bad stuff. Yet we say, the Zohar seems to be implying that when you, when, when by, by keeping, by observing the, the prohibitive commandments, the 365 are connecting to Yutke. Which, what's higher in Hashem's name? The, 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 there's the, the four letters of God's name, Yutke, Vavke. The Yutke are the first letters, which represent a much higher level. And the Vavke of Hashem's letter of name is a much lower level. Yutke is far higher. It's, it's ain't so higher. It's infinitely higher. The way it works in the letters of God's name is that when God is descending and he makes a name is a means of revelation. Now, Hashem is unrevealable. Hashem is ain't so. Hashem is infinite. Hashem is unknowable. So when Hashem makes him, comes from the unknown to the known, first he reveals himself. First he begins to reveal himself. And that's a very, very lofty, very high level. It's very far from us. And then each letter of God's name, God is coming closer to us. So he first descends into a yud. It's like the first flash of godliness. Then, but that's still too lofty. Then Hashem emanates from the yud. He designs the yud into a hay. Then the hay travels down, 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 down a gazillion miles and it becomes a vav. And then further, the vav opens up and it manifests as a hay. We can barely know God after God reveals himself through the last hay. So the vav and the hay are much lower, which means they're much closer to us. The yudke is so much higher. Gewald, it's infinitely higher. It's so high. Now, what are we saying? That through a positive commandment, we're connecting, which is zikri, we're connecting to the vavke of Hashem's name, the Zohar says. Through a prohibitive commandment, we're connecting to the yudke, which seems, doesn't seem to be this case. Negative commandments are just rejecting evil, just going away from bad stuff. It's not a kabbat, it's not, it's not the holiness of God. When you're doing a mitzvah, you're involved in the holiness of Hashem. That's quite, that's, that's one thing. And plus, we said earlier, which one is higher from between the, the Zyutke and Vavke? In order to, to, to add up the 365 and the, and the, and the, and the 248, it's not enough, the Yutke and the Vavke. We have to add another word. The Zohar says, which word? Zichri and Shemi. Now, which one is higher? Shemi or Zichri? Shemi is higher. Because Shemi and Alad are pronounced. Shemi is referring to the Yutke Vavke, which is not pronounced. In the Pasuk, Zichri is the way you could mention him. Meaning it's a much lower. And that's why we say that Zikri is referring to the Aleph Dalit Nun Yud, the way we pronounce Hashem's name, which is a much lower name than the Yud Kevavke. So here, here as well, the Losa says the prohibitive commandments are related to Zikri and to the, I'm sorry, are related to the Shemi, to my name, unpronounceable name, and to Yud Ke. And the, and the, and the, and the, um, the, 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 the positive commandments are connected to Vavke and they're connected to Zikri. Which seems to be lower. That's his question. Let's read it inside. My name, together with the Yudke, is 365. My remembrance, Imvavke, with a plus 11. Ramach is 248. The We need to understand that Meima comes out from the Alter Rebbe deduces from here that what? The root of the Losasei is the root of the prohibitive commandments are higher than the positive commandments. Because the Losasei the are drawn from the Yudke. The Havaya from Hashem's name, from a much loftier level, from the first two letters of Hashem's name. And the positive commandments, they are drawn from the Vavke, from the lower level of Havaya. 
So that's the first question. And that's an obvious question. It would seem that loisa says are, are not so high. It has, again, as May said, loisa says are just to keep us clean from bad, from the negative stuff. And also we need to understand Another question. Why is it that the Torah was given to us in a way that in order to keep the Torah, we need, Hashem gave us the Torah, which tells us the mitzvahs. But yet, from just the document of the Torah, we don't know how to do mitzvahs. We need the explanation. And the explanation is Torah Shabbat, the oral law. Now, the question is, why did Hashem do that? He could have given us and explained it all. He could have given us all of the mitzvahs and explained it all in detail. That the Torah Shabbat should have also been given to us in a written form. Why did Hashem give us the Torah Shabbat, the, 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 the primary ideas in Torah Shabbat in a very cryptic fashion? And then later, Torah Shabbat, the rabbis had to extrapolate and explain and finally reveal the fact that it's written by us is because later it was written down. But really, it's meant to be oral. It's meant to be transmitted by mouth. So why is it? Why couldn't Hashem just write the whole thing down? You know, when you write something down, it's, it's, it's much safer. It's, it's written, it's clear, than just having to rely on an oral tradition. And yet, Torah Shabbat is not written. The idea that the Alter Rebbe is going to develop is as follows. We'll, we'll do it, we'll, I'll give an introduction so it goes much faster. And the Alter Rebbe basically is going to explain the ideas as follows. Number one, we got it all wrong when we think that the, that the Abishter, you know, put us in a world where there's a bunch of dark stuff. And negative things, and we and and we're constantly plagued by the negative, and we have to constantly hold ourselves back from from gossip, from saying lashon hara, or from or from or from non kosher things, or from non kosher food, or non kosher entities, and it's all negative and bad stuff. That, and, and that's that's what we think we're in. The emphasis is not this way. The, the the truth is, all Hashem wants is a deep relationship with us. Abishta wants to communicate and be connected to us. And all the mitzvahs are all about God communicating to us. That's all what the mitzvahs are. And even the prohibitive commandments are all about a connection to Hashem. In other words, when we look at things, see, this, this, this is Hasidism. This is Hasidus. Hasidus comes and opens up the godly and everything. Hasidus comes to introduce to us the elokus of everything. So when you, you for example, have a, a prohibition against theft, without Hasidus, how do you absorb it? Human tendencies are corrupt. Human beings are corrupted and naturally inclination to go and steal. And because of that, God had to give us a commandment not to steal. And that's, and if God forbid a person is in a state where they want to steal, they're in a nebuchadnezzar state. They're in a very unholy state. And when they don't steal, barely, okay, fine. You know what? Fine. But uh, they're, okay, they kept away from doing something bad. But that's about it. Comes Hasidus, Hasidus says, no, it's a much deeper story. The whole aspect of Torah is all about God wanting to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to us. But when Hashem reveals himself to us, being that he's, he, Hashem is unreveal, unrevealable. God, we're humans. We're tiny little peep squeaks. We're little, little menshalach. We're little, little beings. And yet God, the ain't sof, the infinite, the unknown, the uh, is communicating with us. So the order of Hashem communicating to us comes in two levels. There is first an external level of his communication. And those are, the, so to speak, the more external aspects of Hashem. He's able to communicate with us in a very direct communication. He's able to basically say, you see, I want to tell you about me. I am so-and-so. I like Shabbos. I like Tefillin. 
I like uh, uh, I like uh, mezuzah. I like uh, matzah on Pesach. These are things that speak to me. These are things that express me. These are things that stand for what I stand for. Kindness. One easy one to understand that it's about God. It's tzedakah. Kindness. I'm a compassionate. I'm a giving being. Therefore, you should be compassionate. Mahu rachum, afata rachum. God is compassionate. You be compassionate. Mahu chanon. If God is gracious, you be gracious. So these are all things that you can, Hashem can communicate. We can get to know Him. But that's the external element of God that we can that we could get to know by positive identification. But then there is a much deeper side of Hashem, which is unknowable. And therefore, He can't tell us, this is who I am, because it's way too deep and way too abstract to be able to know Him by knowing what He is. Because there's no way that any limited being could know Him on a deeper level by defining him because he has no definitions. The best we can, to, but Hashem wants us to know that as well, but we can't positively identify him. So instead, what he, the way he communicates it is by saying that what? I am not this. You see, something like this, this is opposite of who I am. And, 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 the, and, and the concept of it is as follows. There's two ways of knowing something. One way of knowing something is you define it. You say these and this and this is, this is what it's all about. But when you have something very deep and very lofty and very abstract, for example, give an example. The Hasidus brings this example. We know that the Abish there, he, he, he's, he's, intel- he's an intelligent being, right? God has intelligence. But we know that God's intelligence is completely beyond our intelligence. Because our intelligence, we and our intelligence are two separate things. And by Hashem, he and his intelligence are one. That means he is the intelligence, the intelligence is him. On some level, and, and, and whatever he knows, he know, he's knowing himself. He's not knowing anything outside of him. But we, when we know things, it's, the, the, the Rambam says there's three entities. There's the person who's knowing. There's the thing that's being known. And there is the intellect through which you're knowing. These are three things. But Hashem, the Rambam says, the knower, the thing that's being known, and the power through which he knows is all the same. Now, there's no way that we can imagine that. Because we don't have that. We have no way of grasping that. So when we try to think about that deeply, I don't know the last time anybody over here sat down and tried to think about what it says in Perik, Beis and Tanya on a deep level. But when you try to reach that and understand that, you can't positively, you can't know, I know what it is. All you can say is it's not the way we think. And the more you can, the more you can remove how it's not the way we are understanding, the Chachma, intelligence, the way by, is by us, you can begin to get a grasp. He's higher. He's beyond. He's not like this. He's higher. That's called Yediyah Sashlila. When the great philosophers and thinkers tried to probe the infinite, they couldn't identify God with a positive identification. What, you, what, what philosophers were, were saying is he is not bind, bound by time. Take that, that very idea. If we speak about something that's beyond time. Can we positively experience something that's beyond time? Our entire reality is time. We don't know what means outside of time. So best we can say that it's not, he's not within time. But I don't know what that is. I can know what he's not. And by knowing what he's not, I'm getting a little closer to what he is. Right? That's called Yediyah Sashlil. So in Torah as well, when the Abishter, when God wants to communicate the deepest inner, innermost of who he really is, 
in those elements, he can't give us a positive behavior, a certain particularized thing, because this energy that he's communicating to us is too abstract to come down in a container, in a vessel, in a specified entity. So what does the to do? He's basically telling us, he wants to give us a way to grasp him. So he says, I am not like this. I'm, this entity is against me. This is opposite of who I am. So by, by us practicing that, 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 that mitzvah, what does that mean? When a person is in a situation where he's, God forbid, tempted to do, to tell a lie or to, or to be dishonest in money financially, or to have a, to do a, any other kind of a sin. He has a lust or an avera for some kind of a non-kosher type of an, an experience. And, and so, and the person says, and w- so what's really happening over here? So you think the dark side is after you. You think the dark side is after you. That means a person can come to a state and say, I'm such a low life. I- I'm a magnet for every clipper. I got a billion bees that are floating around me and are trying to, and are stinging me. They're trying to they're a billion magnets of unholiness that are trying to attract me. That's chitzainius. That that's true, but that's external. The deepest story is God so badly wants to have a relationship with you, but He doesn't want to communicate with you His his, his external self. Which, which, which is easy for him to communicate to you. He wants to give you a much deeper side of himself. A self in which he's saying, this is what Hashem wants you. Hashem wants to, for example, Hashem wants to communicate to you his truth. But do we understand what God's truth is? We will never know. So you're tempted to tell a lie. And when you reject it and you don't tell a lie, because the Torah says not to lie, by the Abraham's truth is opposite of a lie. On levels that we can never know. He's opposite of lie, what lie means on the most subtlest of subtlest of subtlest of levels that are infinitely beyond our understanding that that too can mean lie. It can be untruthful. And the Abraham is the ultimate emiss. So how does the Abraham infuse in your neshama his emiss, his truth? He puts the person into an Isayan that what that you have an Isayan with some with a, with 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 a with something that's that's untruthful. And when the person rejects it, because the Abishta said so, even though you're not conscious of it on a soul level, you're now absorbing the ultimate MS of the Abishta that could not be communicated to you through a positive action, it even through Tairas MS, which is the Torah of truth. Because the positive elements of Torah are not conveying the ultimate truth, like when you're saying, I am not the opposite of truth. I'm not the lie. I'm not the untruth. And the same is with every Avera that a person rejects. That's what Hazal said, that when a person sits and he doesn't do an Avera, it's as if you did a mitzvah. But with the Alter Rebbe is explaining, it's not just as if you're doing a mitzvah. You're connecting to a much deeper element than you can connect in any positive mitzvah. Because what your the Abishter is communicating and transmitting into you is his, his levels of, of, of his MS, his levels of his of his being that can never be transmitted through a yeah, it can only be transmitted through a no. But, and what and whatever we are rejecting, whatever we are pushing away, 
whatever we are pushing away in that action is exactly what's the what the it's exactly that shlila that not, that not that that's the closest we can get to what he is so again it's coming down to us in a very coarse form it's coming down to us as a taiva as an ugly desire to do something really wicked or dirt or, or or filthy or not nice or ugly or whatever it is and you think that you're a person thinks i'm such a dark human being on a deeper level it's no no darkness over here god is standing right behind that clip and begging for you to push away the curtain, not do the Avera. And through that, ah, your, 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 your neshama is absorbed in Ein Sof. You're connecting to infinity and you're becoming one with it. You're unifying with it. That's the idea that the Alta Rebbe is saying is that the Losa says are connected to the Yudke. Because Yudke is the unknowable side of Hashem. Alma de Eskasya, the concealed side. Vavke is Hashem already lowering himself down more into a space where we can positively connect him, which is the external elements of godliness. The external elements of Hashem are positively connectable. The, the internal elements of the Eberster, you can't connect to positivity. You have to connect to them through a negative, through a no, not through a yeah. So that's the idea. Now let's read it. That's the primary idea over here. And, 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 and then he's going to explain how the rabbinic commandments, all, all, the, all, all, the, all the Torah Pen nuances are also those deeper level in God that are not, are not, are not, it's, it's, you, you see that within a person himself. Like, you know, there are things, things that are more external about you, about your personality, about your being. It's easy to talk. You can talk, you can speak about them. But when someone starts pressing and they want to like try to uncover, like you're really going to, to really open up. A person is going to a place where for whatever reason, they really want to take a good look at their inner side. So whether you're an therapist or someone who's going to open you up and try to like get to like your subconscious or to like deeper parts of your being. Over there, suddenly you don't have any words. You can't, it, and you're ekatsing, and you're, and you're saying, and he says, this is, they say, no, not this. Not and by through a process of elimination, you can get a sense because there's nothing that you can say that really is yeah, but it it can be a very very deep pain or it can be a very deep uh, struggle or it can be a very deep 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 truth about yourself. But but because it's so deep and so high, the best you can get is by elimination and saying it's not this, not that, and then I get a sense of something of what it is. And that's the way the Abishter communicates through Loisa says. And the rab and and all the chachamim, what the chachamim gave us, which means what the rabbis revealed, are also on that level, as we're going to see in the Maimer. Okay, so let's see. Oh, uh, in Yenu, the idea is the chsiv. It says Aye sofer. There is a pasuk in 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 um, Yeshaya Hanavi, Perek. It's in Perek Lamed Gimel pasuk Yutches. Um, where over there it says, where is the where is the scribe? It says over there, Ayei Sofer, where is the scribe? Ayei Shokel, where is the one who's weighing? Ayei Sofer, and it says two times, Ayei Sofer. Whatever the context of that Pasuk is, the Pasuk is talking about there that there is some fear, something frightening coming upon Yerushalayim, coming upon Jerusalem, and you will then call out and you will say, where is the, where is the one who counts? 
Sofer over here means the counter. Where is the one who counts so-and-so? That's the regular meaning of the Pasuk. However, Hasidus mysticism grabs that word, Aye Sofer, and reveals a very deep secret in these words, Aye Sofer. And it says like this. In Sefer Yetzirah, it says that the Abishta creates the world through three levels. Sofer, the three things that through which Hashem created the world. Besefer with a scribe, Besefer with a book, or and with a story. Now these three are three levels. The story, when it says Sipur, the story, those are the ten, the ten, Asara Mamaris. When Hashem created the world, Hashem told the story. That's the story. But the story is written in a book. Now when someone reads a story from a book, the book precedes the, the story. Because the, the book is where you're reading the story off. So when Hashem created the world, Hashem read a story. That's called the Sipur. That's the, and those are the Asara Mamaros. Those are the actual letters of Hashem that make up creation. That's called the Sipur. There's a Sefer. I'm sorry, there's a Sefer. The Sipur is written in a Sefer. What's the Sefer? The Sefer is the Torah. Which we know the Torah is higher than the world. Hazal tell us 2,000 years the Torah is above the world. Torah is higher than the world. And that's why Asara Sadibrois are higher than the Asara Mamores. So the Sipur, the story, is what is the Asara Mamores, is what Hashem spoke when He created the world. The book from where Hashem is reading from, the Torah, Torah is a level higher, above the world. But what's even higher than the Sefer? The author of the book, who Sofer is the author. Because the author is the one who created the Sefer, Yeshmeyayan. He's the one who, he's the creative mind who created this, all these ideas. So Sefer is a, even, even higher than the Torah. So you have creation, which is the Sipur. Preceding the creation is the Sefer Torah. And even higher than that is the God himself, who is the Sofer, who is the writer of the Sefer. So what he's really going to explain is that what we are really interested in establishing a relationship with is with the Sofer. We want to get not just to the Sefer, we want to get to the Sefer. He's going to explain that the Losa says, the, I, 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 it's, he's going to explain the main idea of the Torah Shebek Sav, of the actual Sefer, the main level of Torah itself, of the Sefer Torah, is the positive commandments. In other words, if you're thinking, what is Torah all about, the Sefer Torah, these are the positive commandments. In the Torah is also written the prohibitive commandments, but they are really higher than the book. The prohibitive commandments, and that's why, because they're higher than the book, they're not written down in a positive identification. It's almost like Hashem, when Hashem is communicating, the Loisa says he, he can't even write it. So he's saying, it's, you know, if you, it's not this, it's not that. It, 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 don't steal, don't do this, don't. He's really communicating himself, but in a no. Because the, 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 the Sefer, is meant to positively capture something. So the main Indian of the Sefer is the positive commandments. The Losases are really above the Sefer. They're more connected to the Sefer, to the scribe, to the author, the author that's pre-Sefer. But primarily he's going to say that the rabbinic commandments 
are called oh, oh, in, in, in Chazal, all mitzvahs that are coming from the rabbis are called divrei seifrim, the words of the scribes. Why? Because the rabbis are connecting not to the sefer, they're going deeper than the Torah Shebiksav. They're going to the scribe, to the sofer, and plugging in on that level. They're sensing the sofer, which is higher than the sefer. That's the idea that he's developing. So let's read inside. Inyan Dechzevet says, Ayet sofer, where is the sofer? It's explained elsewhere. We have four letters of God's name, right? Yud, K, Vav, K. Based on what we said earlier, the way these letters work, the Yud is the most, is the loftiest. The Yud is just the infinite light managing to express a point. Just a flash, a point. Still so vague, it's so hard, it's so high. Then that, that, that Yud manages kind of to contract itself, to weaken its energy, and then become a hay. It can expand into a hay. And then it's much weaker already. Because it, it, it lessened itself. It's not a potent, powerful yud point. It's already weaker. Then from the hay, it goes down to above. And then from the latter hay is where Hashem is already complete. The energy of Hashem is already more tangible, more relatable to the actual creation. Yud Kevavke. He's now going to reveal to us that where is the yud Kevavke come from? Where does the yud come from? The yud has to be born from somewhere. It says, we say, Yud is Chachma, the first flash. The flash comes from somewhere. When a person has a flash of creativity, where does the flash come from? So we know there's in our soul a place that we don't know. It's our pre-intellect. It's called Koyach HaMaskil, the power from where all Seichel comes from. We know it exists, but we don't know what it is. It's almost like we, if we refer to that place in our soul, it's the superconscious. So to a person, it's, it's a place of darkness. It's a place so deep in our being that you don't know. It's pre-intellect. That's called, that's, that level of the neshama is called your keset, your crown. Because it's above your head. It's, your, it's above your consciousness. It's above a, 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 some kind of a revelation. So watch this amazing thing. Where does Yud Vavke come from? The Yud is born from where? It's born from an Aleph. The pre-Yud Vavke. The or in sof, when it's still locked and concealed and utterly unknowable, that's the Aleph. That's why the word Aleph spells the word Pele. What does Pele mean? A wonder. And if you arrange the letters in another way, it doesn't say it here, but in different places, you get the word Afel. What's Afel means? Afela. What does Afel mean? Darkness. Dark. Because the Aleph is completely dark. It's still it still ain't so before any, we don't even have a peak. We can't even peak him yet. It's still an olive. From the olive comes a flash, the yud. And then the yud manifests in the hay, then the vav, and then the So he says like this, when the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Aye sofer. Where is the sofer? Take a look at the word aye. The word aye is spelled olive, yud, hay. Like we say, Aye Mekom Kavodo. Where is the place of his glory? Aleph Yud K. We say it in Kedusha, in Keser. Aye Mekom Kavodo. Meshars of Shayalim. What does that mean? The Sofer, the level called Sofer, the scribe, is before the Sefer. What's before the, in the Torah, in the Sefer itself, you'll have Yud K. But what's before the Sefer, before the book? 
the sofer, the scribe. It's like the Yudke Vavke is already the idea. It's already the concept. But then there's the pre-concept from where it came from. So that's the I, that's the Aleph. The, and, and it's hinted to in the word Aye. Aye is the Yudke. Yudke is the beginning of all divine revelation to all the worlds, to all, including to the Torah. It's all stemming from the Yudke. Where is the Yudke coming from? From the Aleph. So the Aleph is a level prior and higher than Yudke Vavke. And that's the level of the Sefer. So obviously the Aleph is completely unknown. And where the Alter Rebbe is going with this is the Torah Shebiksav did not capture the scribe. The Torah Shebiksav is only the Sefer. Is already a, a specified, defined element of godly revelation. Torah Shebapeh, the Chachamim, in some mysterious way, they were able to get into the mind of the Sefer, into the pre-creative mind of God and tap the energy on that level. That's why most of what the rabbis give us in most mitzvahs the rabbanons are not yeses. Most what the rabbanon keep on doing is telling us what not to do. <laughs> I, 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 it's good that no one does this research because if someone would be a, you know, you wonder if someone would, uh, you know, if you really did a research, you'd find out that most of the things in Judaism today that we don't do, it's all rabbinic. Mitzat Torah, you're allowed to do like a billion times things more. <laughs> it's the rabbis who put fences here and not this and not this and not this. Why? Because that lofty level of the Abish there, you can't con- communicate with a yeah. You can only communicate with a no. In other words, these are all the things that he's not that. And when you're Hasfashalim doing that, you're not a vessel for him. He can't reside in it. It's something that irritates. We all know in our relationship, in marriage, you know, there are certain things that connect you to your spouse and you can make your spouse happy. Her, him, him, her, by doing something nice, what they like, buying them something and buying. But what's most important is to not do the things that irritate. Not Don't do what, the, because there are certain things and that that's where, and if you learn the art of not triggering what shouldn't be triggered, Knowing the no, that's a deeper knowledge and a deeper connection. And that you, you, you know, that we take a little time till we get burnt a lot. And then we learn uh, what is the no? Where is the, the not in the, in the relationship? And with the Abish, they're same idea. Okay. So in your new it says, Aye Soifer, Aye Soifer, and his barber, Makamachar, it's explained elsewhere. Hapidish, the Bechinis, Aye Atzmoi, who are Soifer. The Aye, the Aleph, Yud, hey, that's the Soifer. Mainly the Aleph. This is the level of where is his holy. And that's why the word ayeh means where is, because it's beyond knowledge, beyond definition. Because it says in Sefer the Abishta created the world with three things, with a scribe, that's pre-Torah. Scribe is pre-Torah. In 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 in, term, in in Kabbalistic terminology, soifer is keser, or keser chachmabina. It's all part of sefer, soifer, and then sefer, the sefer of the book is primarily zeir anpin, the six emotions. That's weird. That's a book, or maybe the lower part of bina. 
Bina is already called Sefer, and primarily, what does that mean? A book is already fixed. The scribe, the author of a book is not fixed. You see, if I read a book, I get to see amazing ideas that someone wrote down. But it's fixed, it's limited. It's whatever he put into this book. That's it. So you, when, you, when you read an amazing book and you really, really get excited about this person, what do you want to do? If the person is still alive, what do you want to do? You want to meet them. Because you know if you meet them, you get to find out what are all the books they didn't write. <laughs> Imagine that. All the books that they haven't written yet. You want to probe them on a level where they're pre, pre-fixed. Pre-unknown, like on that level. We know the universe that God created. How about all the universes that he didn't create? <laughs> How about what he didn't make? How about all whatever there is to the Abishter that is not expressed? Neither in, 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 in the creation or not even in, in the defined words of the Torah. Because the words of the Torah are already prefixed words. Defined words. They're God's words, but they're still the fixed words. So Sefer is the high, is the pre. Sefer is already fixed. Sipur is already communication to us, a much lower level. is called the book. But the Sefer, that's higher than the Sefer. That's the level of Aye. To Aleph Yud Ke. I mean, in a sense, since the Alter Rebbe's yard side, the Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe, <laughs> at least we can say, based on learning the Mimer, is the Alter Rebbe plugs into Aye, to the Aleph, to the pre, pre, to the, and, and he brings that down into Revelation. That's Chasidus. The Alter Rebbe communicates from the place that's utterly unknown, and that's why he can un, 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 open up all these secrets of what's beyond and what's beyond. Because the root and the source of the yutke of Shemavaya, Nimshach Mepchenesa Aleph. It's all drawn from the Aleph, which the Aleph, Aleph is still pre revelation. Now, here in the Mimer itself, he says that Aleph is Chachma. But don't we always learn, everybody that learns a little Chasidist knows that the Yud is Chachma. And we're saying over here that the Aleph is Chachma. So, now this idea that the Aleph is Chachma. It says, which means, you see the word Aleph. has the word Aleph. means that Chachma is connected to Aleph. But hold it, didn't we say now that, that Yud is Chachma? is the first flash. It's already revelation. When you have an epiphany, there's already something specific in your mind. You have already specific. We're talking about pre that. The answer is in Chachma itself, there's many levels. We're talking about a very primordial level of Chachma. Where Chachma is still rooted in Keser. Not ch- and that's hinted to in the word A'alefcha Chachma. What does A'alefcha Chachma mean literally? Not Chachma. A'alefcha Chachma means I will teach you Chachma. That means it's not, it's not the flash. It's before the flash that which will cause the flash. You realize it's the power in the, it's the pre-creative power in the mind that produces an idea. It's beyond the idea. So, yeah. Uh, he says on the bottom, look at Ha'ara 271. In the, in the Lukuti Torah itself, this is inside. It's in the parentheses, in the Mimer. But in this print, they put it on the bottom. It's meaning to say, The Aleph is not the Chachma. It's the source in the Ein Sof for Chachma. When you say the Aleph of the word Echad, the Aleph is a very important letter 
Aleph in the word Echad. So what you're supposed to have, the Kavana, it's Chachma, but it's not Chachma, it's the pre-Chachma, the Kriya Shema. Shuhu Pchinas Mazel Noitzer, it's the Mazel, we know that in Kesar there's a bunch of Mazolis connected to the 13 strands of the beer, they're all called Mazel. They're, 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 they're a drip drop from, from the, from the Ein Sof. And they're, so the source of Chachma is called the Mazel, is the Mazel Noitzer. If you take the word Noitzer and you rearrange the letters, you get the word Sinar. What's Sinar? A pipe. So it's a pipe from where the pre-intellect, the Ein Sof of the soul or the Ein Sof of the Ebrister drips, tiny little drips to reveal Chachma, to reveal the Yud. The Mesham Yoinek Abba. That's where Chachma derives itself. Or another level, Chachma Stima. The level of Chachma that is still Stima, still closed. Very, very abstract Chachma. Let's go back inside. The Oid, and now, now when we said before that Aleph is pre-Chachma, but from there comes the Yud Kevavke. So actually you see it in the Aleph itself. Because what's the Aleph? Aleph is made up of different letters. Aleph is made up of two yuds and one vav. So you see how the Aleph leads into the other letters. Aleph, it doesn't have a hay in it, but it has what? Aleph, two, two of the letters of the yud kevavke. The yuds and the vav are all inside the Aleph. It includes, he says, what? Oh, there you go. And which is the whole yud kevavke. Very gishmak. See, see, what? No, there's no name of Hashem, Yud, Yud, Vav, Yud. But it's in the Aleph. And as he says, it's very Gishmak. It's, it's Gematria 26, which is the Gematria of the whole Yud, Kev, So it's all there in the Aleph. What? No, Aleph is not the name because it's higher than a name. A name means, means it's energy. It's not captured in the letters. It's indicating an infinite light. The whole point of the Aleph is that there's nothing that can describe it. It's still darkness. It's still pre. It's just the Aleph. Is, Aleph says it's the, it's the first level. It's what's beyond that, which is higher, and we have no grasp in it. A letter means, a name means already there's a certain vessel that can contain it. In the letter Aleph, the three letters of Shem Avaya Baruch Hu, as it is known from the Arizal, that the image of the Aleph, who Yud Vav Yud is, in yud, is a Yud Vav Yud. Now it's interesting. Aleph is usually a Yud Vav Yud. And that's in, in, in Chumash. Wherever you look in Torah, in, in, in a Sefer Torah, Whenever it puts Yud Kevavke, the Aleph is always a Yud on the top, a Vav, and then a Yud. I mean, it's a crooked Vav, but it's still a Vav. However, in Tefillin, the, all, the, all the Alephs in Tefillin are made that the bottom, only in Tefillin, not in Mezuzah, and not in a Sefer Torah, I'm not, I'm not a Sefer, but is that the, the bottom part of the Aleph is, is made as a Dalit, not as a, not as a, um, not as a Yud. It's a larger left leg. Yeah, it's a doll, upside down dollar, I guess. That's the, 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 the hay. I'm sorry, the, the, the bottom part. Why? And the very deep secrets to this, obviously. Why? And he explains. Even though Torah Melubish or Abedat Silus. Torah he's going to explain there's a difference between mitzvahs and Torah. Mitzvahs, remember we said before, positive mitzvahs are capturing 
Hashem in a way where Hashem can already positively communicate Himself to us, which is a lower aspect of the divine. So in a physical mitzvah like tefillin, you're grasping, you're grasping Hashem, but you're grasping Hashem's a lower element of Him that could come into a keli, that can come into a vest. That's why, but in but in but in Torah, in, in, in the actual Sefer Torah, Sefer Torah is a notch above the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs, you're doing something mamish physical. You're taking a, a tefillin, and through that action, you're connecting to God. You're taking an esrog, and through that, so that's already far more scalable. It's far more tangible. I mean, obviously, we're talking about the Eberster, God. But God, as he's lending himself into vessels, Torah is still higher. Torah is still, relative to mitzvahs, Torah is still more abstract. Not so vessels. That's why you can see the difference in the Aleph. The Aleph in Tefillin spells a Yud, a Vav, and a Dalit. What's a Dalit? A Dalit is a Yud, but a Yud extended this way and extended that way, which means there's much more breadth and 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 um, height or length, which means there's more vessel here. There's more, there, it's, it's coming down more into our reality and more into our space. When something is only a Yud, it shows on the abstraction. Yud is only a point that's abstract, that's undefinable. So in Torah itself, the Chachma Vatsilus is shining. The, inside Torah is the levels of Chachma is there. Even though we, we can, it's a little hard to, to make, this mimer is pretty cryptic. I want to I share with you something very important. I chose this mimer because it's the shortest mimer in the Paj. But I should know already, and you should know, the shorter the memorum of the Alter Rebbe, the more explanation they need because the more, the less he's explaining, the more, the more cryptic they are, the more abstract they are, the harder they are. So in any case, it's like the Yud. The, the smaller it is, the more abstract it is. So the, 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 um, in, in Tfilin, also, even though we, the whole, the main Makud of the Maimer is that the Sefer Torah is the level of Bina and downward. And that's why it's Oireis Pekelim, lights and vessels. Chachma and Keser, it's really higher than the Sefer Torah. That's in general. But in Torah is shining. Chachma does shine in Torah. It's, it's a level beyond Torah, but it's shining in Torah. That's why in the Alephs of, 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 of when there is an Aleph in the Sefer Torah, the Aleph, the Aleph has a Yud, which indicates the lofty level of Chachma. But in Tefillin, it's already da- it's downloaded to a much lower level. So we read it inside. It's a little abs- I mean, This idea is a little Kabbalistic, but it's okay. Let's move on. Yes, it's real. Aleph is really Keser. It's higher than everything. What? Yeah, it's Yud and Vav. That's because it's two It's three of letters, not three different letters. It's Yud, Vav, and Yud. So it's three letters of. It's not three different letters of Yud Kevavke, but it's three letters that is in the Yud Kevavke. Yeah. Yud Yud Hey. No, no, yud yud is the way we 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 indicate it, but that's not really according. Yes, it's a way for us to know to re- identify it, but it's not. Yes, 
Mipnei shahat toirisha biksav, because in toirisha biksav melubish or abadatzilus, the light of Abba vatzilus, kiaraisa machachme lo nafkis, because toira stems from chachma. Behind Ubchinis Yesod Abba, the Yesod element of Chachma. Not going to get in right now what is Yesod Abba, but it's the Chachma connecting down. That's what Yesod Abba is. That's why also the bottom end of the Aleph is written in a Yud. Remez that indicates the Chachma of the world of Atzilus, which is the Yud of the Shem Avai. Avo Betfilin. But in Tfilin, Nichtiv Koitza Tachten Shala Aleph Bitminas Dalid. In Tfilin, the lower the lower level of the Aleph is written as a Dalid because it, Tfilin is showing that the Aleph is extending itself lower to, to Yud K. I'm sorry, Yud Vav, and even into the latter Hey, because the Dalid is the beginning of a Hey. It's it Bchinas Machshavi Ilah. It's descending. The Yud represents Chachma. And the and the Dalid represents already Bina, which is called Machshava Yilah, the higher level of Machshava. Shubchinas Leia, which is the concept of Leia. Shualderech Moshel Kamoi Hadalid Sheyeshpa Yispashtes Lerechem Loirech Lerechem, which is like the letter Dalid that extends horizontally and going down. The Zehu. Let's go back to the Indian Aye Soifer. But again, let's not get lost with the with the with the Kabbalistic spin over here. Uh, to understand every nuance of the Alter Rebbe would take a lot more explanation, but the general gist I think is is pretty pretty understandable. What the Alter Rebbe is communicating to us over here is he's telling us that the level of soifer, which is the scribe, is the un is still pre prefixed. It's it's infinite. It's still the source of everything, and that's what the Aleph represents. And the Aleph is the source of the Yud K. Which means that the yud k of God's name, even though the yud and the hay is already a particular illumination, the yud and the hay is already a revelation, but they're closer to the aleph. See, the vav and the k are already farther than the aleph. That's why the word aye doesn't have aleph yud k vav k. It only because vav k is not aye. Aye means we're. The vav k is revealable, like it says in the pasuk hanistaros l'ashem elokeinu. Vehaniglos. So Darizal says the word Vahaniglos and that which is revealed is Vav K. The Vav K is Niglos. That's revealed. It's like in a person. The Vav and the K is Malchus and the emotions. When, when in a human being, a person's intelligence, we don't know. It's hidden. A person's Chachma, we don't know. Unless they speak it. But generally, a person, but a person's emotions, you can see. When a person is worked up emotionally, it's visible on the outside. The same is also speech. Speech is communication. It's to the outside. So speech and emotions are very visible. But intellect, yutke, is the Hashem's intelligence that's removed. So Aleph, the Aleph is really Keser. But it includes within it the yutke because the yutke is very close to the original Keser. And therefore the whole, both Keser, Chachma, and Bina are Aye. They're very high. They're very lofty. They're beyond. Sefer, the Sefer, which is already revealed document, that's already going lower than the Yudke. The, the main part of the Sefer is the Vav, the Vav of Hashem's name. That's the Sefer Torah. As it, and that's why he's going to say in a moment, let's, we're going to get to it, that the main Indian of a Sefer Torah is the 248 positive commandments. Because the positive commandments are giving the, are drawing Hashem down into 
specific kalim into specific vessels. The root of the written Torah, which is called a higher sefer, as stated in the Zoyar, is sefer, is sefer, there is a book and there is a book. Referring to the supernal sefer Torah above, who is the level of ayeh, which ayeh is aleph, where the aleph is yud k, the aleph transcends the yud k, aleph im yud k, aleph with yud k. Sha'alef, where the aleph is umakar liyudke, is the source to the yudke canal. Shahu asoifer es asoifer, he's the one who authors the book. The hainu shuhu makaira tayrisha beksav, it's the root of tayrisha beksav, shenim shachem emeno that is drawn from it. Now we go on to Perig Beis. Now it's going to flow much easier. The ineklolus atayrisha beksav, he says the main inyan, if you want to know what is the madrega of tayrisha beksav, what's its primary occupation, What's Torah really all about? The main Indian of Torah Shabbat is to convey to us the positive commandments. Even though there's more prohibitive commandments there, but that's like something above Torah that happens to land in Torah. But the main Indian, the level of Torah itself, is to be a, a guidance of how to do the positive mitzvahs. And, and we know the positive mitzvahs, the, the, the positive commandments come from the vavke. Like we said in the beginning of the Mimer, what did we say? That the word zichri, together with vavke, equal 248. Zichri, zichri means my remembrance, which means the way we can call God. That means the way we can relate to Him, the way He can be mentioned, the way we can grasp Him. So the, the Zohar says that the word zichri, when Hashem says, this is the way you will mention me, together with Vavke, together with the Vav and the He, which is 11, together is 248. That means positive commandments originate in the Vavke of Hashem's name. Which is the, the level of the divine emotions, called the Ze'er Anpin, the small face of Hashem. The reason we call him the small face is because Hashem already descended into be closer to the creation. He's descending into a place where we can already receive him in vessels, in containers. That's why he's small, as opposed to him being infinite. There's another level in Kesser called Erech Adpin. That's God's transcendence. Ze'er Adpin is Hashem coming down, which is Zadat Silus. And what's the idea of this level? Of, of, of What's the Kiddush of Ze'er Adpin? The Kiddush is that Hashem comes down already into specific Kalim, into vessels. The energy of God, the otherwise infinite, unknowable energy, has lowered itself down to define itself into particular kalim, into particular vessels. We know from the Zohar, the Zohar says that what are the mitzvahs? The mitzvahs are God's 248 limbs. That's what the mitzvahs are. They are Hashem's evarim, Hashem's limb. So what's what's a limb? Let's think about a limb. What, you know, we, when it comes to yard site, many people... Um, you know, you, you, you celebrate a yard site and you want to connect to your loved one who passed away. So how do you connect to a neshama that doesn't have a body? So you have memories, you have memory, and you do mitzvahs for them, fine. But otherwise, as much as you're thinking about them, you can, yeah. why? Because they're, they're in the abstract. They're not in a cave. Once they come, but when a person is mislabish in a body, when you have an ashama inside a body, then I can talk to you. Then I can communicate. I can ask you, how are you? How was your day? How are you feeling? How are you doing? What do you feel today? 
what, 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 you know, what, what are you happy about? What are you upset about? But when the nisham is not in a body, which means the nisham is in the abstract, it's not in a body, it's not in a keli. The same thing, to connect to God, when God is not in a keli, we can't connect to him. It's too abstract. The only way you can connect to the Abish to when he comes down in a keli. How does Hashem come into keli? In the level of Za'ir Anpin, Hashem is coming down into the divine emotions. And those very emotions, these are our 248 mitzvahs. How you get to 248? Because each one of these um, emotions, the Za'ir Anpin, which is which even though mainly it's six emotions, but we count nine because the emotions themselves have their own intellect. So it's really nine emotions. It's the six emotions plus the three intelligence. Not the level of Chabad as it stands for itself. We said Chabad before is, is hidden. It's unknown. It's not vessel. It's not so contained in vessels. It's in a level of Aye. It's unknown. But the emotions, I'm talking about the level of the six emotions plus the intelligence that's part of the emotions. So therefore it's nine. Nine spirits. Nine times nine. And each one has all the other ones inside of them. So what is it? It's 81. And then in each sphere, there is the Rosh, Taich, and Saif, the beginning, the middle, and the end. So 81 times 3 is 243. So that's, and how do you get 248? So Kabbalah comes and throws a a little nugget over here that is meant not to be understood. I never heard anybody teach Hasidus and explain this. I've been teaching this for 20 years and I never get any explanation. And they throw in, together with the Hei Chasadim HaMagdilim, together with the five powers of kindness that cause the expansion of it, that's when <laughs> I never heard an explanation. It's, 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 it's eight, it's, it's nine times nine equals 81. And then each, in each sphere, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. So you make it times three. 81 times three is 243. Plus the five powers of chesed make it 248. And that makes up the entire structure of the limbs of a person and the limbs of Hashem, also which are the 248 commands. So what is the nekudah of a mitzvah? Lights inside vessels. That's where the 248 mitzvahs come from. And therefore, when a person fulfills a positive mitzvah, Mamshich Allah, a person draws down upon himself, Oyer Elyon You draw upon yourself the light, the supernal light of the Za'iram. Basically, you're connecting your limbs to God's limbs. You're unifying with Him. The Za'iram means it's the entire Abish there, but it's Hashem as He lowers Himself down into vessels and therefore communicating to us. And that's what, now because the now mitzvahs are documented where that's mitzvahs. Where are the mitzvahs documented in where in Torah, in the written Torah? That's where you have the mitzvahs. Now, now we'll understand why that could be written. Why can it be written? Because what does writing mean? Writing means you can put it into letters. Letters can, can facilitate it. You can, you can write it down. You can put it into words. So that means, since the whole idea of Torah of, of is to convey the mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs come from the Vav and the Hey of Hashem's name, and the Vav and the Hey of Hashem's name is already transmitted into Kalim, into vessels, since it's put into vessels, that's why Torah Shebiksav is written letters. 
Oires Bekelem. Leah Sa'oires de Zamis Lapshem Bekelem Mamish. Since the lights of Zeir Anpin are enclosed in vessels, that's why the wisdom of Torah was Nislabish, Gamkein Diksav. It also was written down on a written document, Vaisiyos with letters, Vitagin, and little crowns. Omnam Shaydish Aloysa say, but this is so important. But the root of the prohibitive commandments. So, really, the Tzemach Tzedek is going to ask in a moment, he asks the Gavaldi question. He's going to explain that the Loisa says are really above, above the Torah. They don't come from the, from the Ze'er Anpin. Because the, the Ze'er Anpin is where the Abishter basically is saying, these are the features about me that I can explain to you. But that which God, the deeper elements of God that he can't explain to us, that he can't communicate, all he can say is, I am not this and I'm not that. I'm higher than that. I'm beyond that. I transcend that. That's what the Loisa says. So the Tzemach Tzedek asks the question in the end, how could the Loisa stays then be written in the Torah? The Soif Kosoif, they're written there. How can they? That's a question for later. But first he's going to explain, but the Loisa says, are really, Omnam Shadish Loisa says, the Loisa says, Afshtehem, that's what he's saying, Afshtehem Gamkein B'Torah Shebiksav, even though they happen to land as well in Torah Shebiksav, in the written document, Makomokim, they really belong above the Torah. They're higher than the level of the positive commandments. The losa says means the prohibitive commandments. They're higher than a positive command. That means when, as we explained in the beginning of the class, we said something very, very special. That when God wants to communicate himself to you on a level deeper than through a mitzvah, he causes a temptation to a person where a person is faced with a possibility to do a sin or to do something wrong. And the person has to say no to it. And by the person saying no, they're really grasping God on a much higher level than through any positive command. That's the whole point of Eloisa saying. It's not meant to surround the person with, 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 you know, to God forbid, tease us with dark stuff. It's the only way we can perceive and connect to the transcendence of God. Because we don't know what to negate. To know Hashem as He's above everything, we have to negate things. Because we can't positive define and we have to say what he's not but we're not such philosophers we're not such infinite thinkers to be able to say what he's not so the abish packages the not in 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 physical experiences that we can say no to and these physical things there they each physical avera its root is in spiritual i very abstract things that the god is not that he that, that that we that we that Hashem defines himself by not being that, which is a much deeper truth of him. And that's how he can communicate that to us. Therefore, the Loisa says really are above Tyreshabiksav because they shouldn't go into letters. They shouldn't even be words to be able to capture. And the truth is they're not captured in, a, in in letters. They're captured only in letters. They tell you what not to do. They don't tell you what yet to do, they tell you what not to do. It's also in a no, not in a yet. They're drawn from the Yudke and the Yud and the He are Alma Discasia, the concealed world. They're higher than the Vavke. But because the root of the Loisa say is from a much higher level. It can come into vessels like the positive commandments. The Tvilin and the Esrog. These are specific kalim, they're vessels that are vessels for the light. 
This light is so lofty, it is so high, this light does not have a veil, a, a keli, where it can dwell in a positive way, through an action, only through a non-doing, and through a no, who musag it's connecting. You're, 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 it's not like you're not grasping, but you're grasping it in through negating what it's not. And through negating what's it not, you're getting some you're getting somewhat of a relationship. Now, here's the thing. There's also a great myla. A person should say, then why do I have to keep the positive commandments? I can only do not if I won't sin, and that's good enough for me. Because I'm connecting to higher levels. Why do I have to do the, the positive things are much lower? No, but you understand something. The level of connection when you can to connect to something that you can positively identify is something that you can uh, connect to you. You can connect to it much more because you can you can know it in a very positive way, in a very direct way. Something that you're knowing only by 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 describing what it's not, you're connecting, but it's but it's it's far it's it's distant, it's removed. So the loitha says are connecting us to much higher levels of Hashem, but the way we're connecting to them is more from a distance. In the positive commandments, we're literally internalizing godliness. But the lower aspects of Hashem that could that we can that could lower itself down into vessels and into containers. Because we're dealing with things that you can't you can't connect to him through a positive, through recognizing his mahus, to negate what's opposite of him. For example, when the Abishta says, do not eat chelev, do not eat fat. The, the certain fats of the animal, the dumb and blood. This, this is opposite to the holiness of the light. Now, you ask a question. Not eating fats from an animal, how in that is a negation? And when I'm negating it, how is that a negation to what? To, 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 to negating the, and knowing Hashem. How does that work? Hashem is not, Hashem is not fat. Hashem is not blood. What is that? I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like in any way. So not here, but in the in the Tzemach Tzedek's Mimer, in Eratayra, there's a little beer over here. No, I'm sorry, not the Tzemach Tzedek. The Rebbe Marash's Mimer, Matzazu, I looked, uh, the, Rebbe, in the, the Rebbe writes, on every Mimer, the Rebbe gives a list of Mimerim that, that, that um, are commentary. So the, the Rebbe's Mimer, the Rebbe's Metzayin, to the Rebbe Marash's Mimer, and in the Rebbe Marash's Maraim, he gives a little, a little Gishmak explanation. It says like this. To experience the, the orange self, the infinite, you can't be a somebody. You have to have bittle. Okay? Bittle meaning total nullification. You can't have any ego. You can't have any self. That's why what's the only place where the orange self manifests? In all the spheres, in all the worlds, what's the place where the orange self in its purity manifests? Only in Chachma. Because what's Chachma? Koyach ma, the power of absolute bittel, nullification. There is no self there at all. Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama. Vanachnu ma, he has no eye whatsoever. So the Rebbe explains that when you eat fat and you drink blood, what does it do? It's, it's nature of these things is to increase your ego. They fatten the person. They create you to be more of a metzias. More of a somebody, blood causes you to have more taiva, more of a, a chayasin, more of an animalistic which makes a person into more of a somebody. So you see, when you're saying no to the chaylev and to the blood, 
even though you're not in a state of bittel of Moshe Rabbeinu, but you're really saying no to Yeshus. You're saying no to ego in a very in a physical way. But it, where is it ringing up when it's creating a domino effect? And it's when you say no to the blood and to the fat, you're really ringing up on the highest, 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 highest levels the idea that you're you're rejecting somethingness and you're nullifying yourself to be not. And then the orange self can dwell in you. So, so you see how laterally the mitzvah, the no, you couldn't do it in a positive way, but you can do it through a through a rejection of something that it's not. That's the idea. The e afshulasis lahem. Here we are. Where we have here? Oh, because the chaylev and the dam is menagid. It's opposite to the to the to the holiness of the light. Because it comes from the other side, as we said, the other side is ego. When you negate it, that's when you draw the light down. You can't draw it down through an action, like through like the mitzvahs that are drawn through positive commandments, because the quality of the light that comes through a loisase, they're greater and they're higher than that which is being drawn down through a positive commandment. You cannot make for them a vessel. You can't prepare for them a vessel through a yeah, only through doing a no. A no that precedes the yeah. Yeah is already more defined. No meaning not this and not that, not doing anything opposite. This is through negating that which stands against Hashem. And there is very gishmak. The Eivishter says, look at this, there's a Pasuk that says, this is a Gavaldig of the Altar Rebbe. It says, You followed me in the desert. It simply means in a land that's not planted. In a, in a wasteland. You followed me in a desert, in a wasteland. In a plant. So Altar Rebbe teaches. The deeper meaning. You followed me into a desert. What's desert? Desert represents wasteland because not there's nothing, there's no there's no homes there, there's no cities there, it's just emptiness. You're following me to a level so high in me where it's no one, no one can conceive me, no one knows me higher than all the worlds. It's a wasteland above, it's bleak vul, it's infinite. How? Be'eretz in a land. We're loy zerua. You plant seeds of no. Every time you do a no, it's a yeah. Don't look at your nose just as I didn't know. I didn't sin. Oh, I'm not a sinner. I, I always chas for shalom, fall into sin. One time I didn't sin. I held back my yitzara. I'm just a, you know, so what did I do? I just kept away from getting dirty, from getting from from doing this avera. From from no, you just planted a seed. Of loy, of no, which is when you plant a seed, something sprouts. What sprouts? Godliness on a level so high, from the level of midbar, from the level that is beyond. A city is a place full of kalim, vessels. You have buildings, you have offices, you have structure. From a place that God is beyond structure, from that lofty place, be'eretz loy, zenua, that's, that's planted, midbar. So the Abishter enjoys our nose even more than our yes. And that's why Yiddishkeit, literally, if you're when we are observing Torah and mitzvahs, 
we most of our observances are more in the nose than in the yet. Simply in the mitzvahs is 365 nose. Plus the details of the nose are so much, especially when you add on the rabbinic, because most of the rabbinic commandments are all in the nose, not in the yet. Because what is what, what are the, the rabbinic ordinances? How not to sin, how not to do this. And even when they tell you to do something, it's an order you're doing so. So you, for example, you have to be boy de chametz on the 14th. The chachamim obligated you to be boy de chametz. So it's a positive thing you have to do. Why? So you shouldn't have shalom come to eat chametz. And all, you have to make an Erev, which is a yeah, but why? Because you shouldn't come to carry and be over on a loisase. So the, 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 the rabbinic mitzvahs that the rabbis gave us, you have to watch, wash it, so you shouldn't come to eat truma bituma. So therefore they made, and then they goyzer like this, and then there were goyzer this gezer. So they're full of, full of gezeris, and even those that are positive, but they're all about the no, not about the yet. Because the rabbis Really, they journeyed into the level of God that is beyond what the Abishter was able to communicate through, 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 through the in the sefer. They introduce us to the sefer, to the to the scribe that writes the sefer, which is so much higher. Now, all the words of the sefer. Now we'll understand why the rabbinic commandments are called are called divrei sofrim, the words of the scribes. Because they're connecting to God on the level of scribe. Not, not on the level of sefer. There's Hashem's document, the Ebrister sefer, but there's the Aleph Yutke of Hashem. And it's interesting. The Loisa says, it's interesting, the rabbinic commandments are even higher than the Loisa says. Because the Loisa says are written in the Torah. They're above the Torah, but they're still written in the Torah. The rabbinic commandments are just as godly as the as the as the Arisa, as the, as the biblical command. In the truth, it's even godlier because the, the rabbinic commandments are tapping the aleph even before the yutke. The i the word ia soifer the highest is the aleph. If you can't, the yutke is the beginning of letters. You could already put those letters in the Torah. Some letters, something, but the aleph is even before every letter, pre-letter, ofel, pele. It's un. And the rabbis, the rabbis connected us to that place. All the divrei soifrim are all in the manner of Torah. The words of the scribes are to make a fence to the Torah. Like we say, I gave you what to observe, make an observance to my observance. From here we learn out that the sages were given permission to add ordinances to keep us away from doing averis. That's why they're called the words of the scribe. Because the sages' prohibitions, they're going so high to the level of soifer, which is the level of the Aleph Yudke. The Loisa says are drawn from the Yudke, which is much higher than the Vavke. The Kamoikain, and the same is so, called Divrei Soifrim, Nimshachem Misham. All the words of the scribes are also drawn from that very high place. Lechenem Lamaila Metoyrisha Bixav. That's why then higher than Toyrisha Bixav, Shenikra Sefer, that is called Sefer. The Ramach Mitzvah Nimshachem Mivavke. The 248 positive commandments, they are drawn from the Vavke, from the much lower level. 
These are levels that are enclosed in Kalim. Mashain can give from the words of the scribes. is from a level that's higher. This was not able to be enclosed in written letters. It can only oh. So then the question is if it's not communicated, so he's saying it amazing. The reason why the, all the rabbinic, really it should have been given by Matan Torah. Hashem should have given, when Hashem gave us the Torah, did Hashem only want us to keep the Tayag mitzvahs and not the, rab, the rabbinic? Is Hashem didn't envision Yiddishkeit the way we have it? Hashem, Hashem, when Hashem envisioned, he envisioned that we can eat a chicken, a, 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 a chicken, a chicken cheeseburger. No problem. It's so the rabbis came and they said, no need it. Did the Abishter yet, is it not? The pastors, you would think so. The Rabbanim came and they added it on. No. The MS, the Abishter's intention is exactly the way we keep Yiddishkeit. To the last little detail of Allah. It's just that these are such high, communi- high incommunicable ideas. They couldn't even be written in Tyre Shabbat Sav. They ha- and they written them. Oh, but, they, but they're communi- communicated orally. So if, they, if they're uncommunicable, how do they come down in Tyre Shabbat So that he explains. The Maisaksa, they couldn't be written in, in, in words, Elabal Pedafka, only through the mouth. Why? Kiaba Yasid Brata. There's something very powerful about speech, not about written letters, about the letters that come out of the mouth. We know that the ability to verbalize letters, letters themselves, the Koyach of the Nefesh, which create Oisiyas, or which at least tie the Oisiyas together, that formulate letters is coming from the pre-consciousness of the person, the pre-chachma. And the Alter Rebbe proves it in Agaris HaKadosh, in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe proves that you don't mentally, through seichel, through an intelligence, through a logical process, learn how to speak. Speech is not something that you teach a person in which they, they, they work their way through a logical process. The, the, the word somehow... Um, as we grow up a little bit and we reach certain ages, like the, it's almost like this power of speech opens up within a person and a person can talk. It's not sometimes when people have difficulties and hardships with their speech, so speech therapists can have certain exercises and ways in which you can train and open up the power to manifest more, to unblock. But the essential ability to formulate letters is from the pre-chachma, from the level of keser, or from chachma, abayasid brata, from the highest levels of chachma. That's why what is the deepest in chachma could come out in letters of speech, but not in written, not in a formulated document. Okay. Now he's going to conclude very gishmak, very beautiful, with just this last piece. This will take us another 10 minutes for those that want to estimate the time. So the Alter Rebbe says, well, before we begin our official Fabrengen, Now within Torah Shebeksav itself, we find that the Torah is mysterious. The Torah is telling us stories, for instance. The Torah is telling us laws. But some certain things are omitted. And sometimes there's no explanation why that particular thing is omitted. For example, in the Torah, we have God communicating to Moshe the mitzvahs. And then the Torah tells us how Moshe communicates these mitzvahs to us. But you find that at times, the Torah tells you about a certain mitzvah. It tells you how Hashem tells Moshe, 
And then it tells you how Moshe tells the Jewish people. The perfect example for that is making the Mishkan. The making the Mishkan, you have Pasha's Truma Tetzavez, Hashem telling Moshe exactly all the details of how to make the Mishkan. Then Moshe Rabbeinu repeats it, Pasha's Vayakel Pekude, is Moshe Rabbeinu competing, repeating all the detail of exactly what Hashem. So you have both narratives, Hashem telling Moshe and Moshe telling the Jewish people. You have certain mitzvahs that it describes that Hashem told Moshe and it doesn't say that Moshe told it to the Jewish people. Then there are certain mitzvahs where suddenly Moshe tells the Jewish people about a mitzvah and it doesn't say that Hashem told it. Obviously, you know that if Moshe gave us a mitzvah, didn't make it up on his own, God gave it. So why is that? So the Altadeb is going to explain because in mitzvahs itself, there are, God is communicating himself. Certain things he finds easy to communicate and certain things are so deep in him that, he's, that, that he doesn't have the words. So therefore, he delivers it to Moshe, but the manner in which Hashem delivered it to Moshe is uncommunicable in words. The Torah can't give you those words. So the Torah doesn't commit how Hashem transmitted it to Moshe. Once Moshe received it already, it's already much lower. Moshe to us was already able to be, to be transmitted. So the Torah will only give us the second half of the story. But the original story from where Hashem plucked it, from such a deep, high, lofty place, the words cannot, cannot communicate. It's too abstract. It's too high. Once it's by Moshe already, from Moshe and onward, it could be said. So for example, and it could be about mitzvahs or it can be about events. For example, the makis. Most of the makis, you have some, the plagues in Egypt, which we're going to start reading about next week. So in the plagues, Certain makas, it says how Hashem tells Moshe to warn Pare exactly about the makah. And then it says how Moshe warns Pare that the Tzfardeya is going to come. And then there are certain makas where Moshe shows up to Pare's palace and it doesn't say that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu about it. Like the makah of Arbe. One of the, Arbe is a, a makah, the, 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 the locusts. Doesn't say that. So the Altarev is going to say, for why? We don't have an explanation. The Altarev says that the Arbe is coming from such a high place. Boy, oh boy. The Arve is like, whoa. And therefore, particularly this Makkah, the Torah can't narrate the Abish to drawing this plague down from its original source. Arve is the locusts. Makkah number eight. Such a lofty level, this Makkah, that it couldn't, the, the godliness behind it is too lofty for it to be transmitted. The Chagav, yeah, the, 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 the grasshoppers. No. So let's read it inside. You find things that were not written because they're so high. I knew at times that Hashem spoke to Moshe so and so. That it was written, it was explained, and it was written in Torah the commandment and the statement of the Kaddish Baruch who said to Moshe regarding this mitzvah. And at times, it's not written. Only the commandment that Moshe tells the Yidden regarding that mitzvah. It's not written, the commandment of the Ebershta to him. Like all of Mishneh Torah. For example, he says, most of Sefer Devarim. Moshe is telling the Jewish people new mitzvahs that we don't, Mishneh Torah is supposed to be just a repeat. But yet, so many of the mitzvahs that I mentioned in Mishneh Torah are not, mitz- not mentioned in the first five books. So when did Hashem tell it to him? For example, all the mitzvahs of the war, when you didn't go to work, he said, say, La Muhammad, all those mitzvahs, not, there's not a hint to them. 
in, 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 in the earlier parshias. So where are they? The answer is, it doesn't say where Hashem commanded him. And there's many of those that are in the Torah. And we need to understand why is it written the commandment of why is not written the commandment of Hashem? And the idea is as follows. Moshe's neshama is plucked, is, is the level of chachma of atzilus. Moshe, as we said earlier, is total, his, he says about himself, I am a, he is the loftiest level of the highest sphere of atzilus. In, in, in chachma, he's, Moshe, there, are, there are other tzaddikim who come from chachma of atzilus. The maila of Moshe is that he's yesoid chachma. What is yesoid? Yesoid means attachment. Moshe is able to communicate the bitl. Yesod means to attach, bonding. Moshe is able to communicate, to, to, to bond the bitl to the worlds. So he's from the level of Yesod, of Chachma, and that's why he's the one who gives the Torah, because the Torah is revealing Chachma down here in the world, God's Chachma. That's why he was Zaycha, that the Torah should be given through him. Because Torah comes from Chachma. And Moshe could communicate it, because Moshe is from Yesod of Chachma. Now, when it says that Hashem spoke to Moshe, what does that mean? Hashem is higher than all the spheres. Hashem is higher than spheres achachma. Ein sof, the matzel, the emanator. So when it says, Hashem spoke, El Moshe, what does it mean? It means from places that we don't even know where, what, and when, from that lofty, lofty place, Hashem is dropping a mitzvah into chachma, into Moshe, into chachma. And it's almost like the Yud revealing itself from the Aleph. Aleph is the unknown. From the Aleph comes the Yud. The Yud is already Chachma. So to Moshe, the mitzvah is able, was, 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 was suddenly revealed to him. So again, what does it mean? Dibur means a drawing forth. From the emanator, the infinite one blessed to see, to the level of Chachma, the supernal Chachma, in this mitzvah or in this story or whatever. So then when the Torah continues and the Torah says, Moshe spoke to us, that means that from Chachma Vatzilus, it has to come down to us, to our, to our, to our physical world. From there, Moshe Rabbeinu brings it down. That's the meaning of Moshe speaks to us. From Yisoyed Abba, from Yisoyed Abba, from the lofty level of Chachma, Gilu in Yenahuli Yisrael, this Indian starts to be revealed to the Jewish people. That's why there are certain things that are very high. That was not able to be written in a pasuk inyan hamshachama oirin soif baruchu b'chachmila. How this is drawn from the oirin soif into chachma b'inyanahu? This inyan is so deep and is so abstract, so high, so that the Torah could not capture it in words how it's made its journey from the oirin soif to to chachma. Rak nichtav hamshachav agiluim yisoid abolamach. Once it was delivered already into a certain station. From there, it could be written. That's the idea of Ayadabe Moshe. He gives the example of the locusts. Where we find that Moshe warns Paro in the beginning of Parsha's boy. Moshe warns Paro, but it doesn't say at all where Hashem told it to Moshe. 
maybe mochar arbe. I'm bringing the arbe. It doesn't say how the Eibushter gave it to him. The root of the arbe is so high. How do you know that arbe is so high? Because it says the inyan the arbe ezaroi. The Eibushter says Tavram Avinu, I will increase his children. The eten loyas Yitzchak. So the whole idea of creating bligvul yidden, the arbe zaroi, this 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 um um the, the vastness of of the of of the endless am Yisrael that is 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 from this power of arbe. Yitzchak is actually the, the gematria of arbe, same gematria, Yitzchak and arbe. Even though, because Hashem gave Avram only one son, and He gave him Yitzchak, and, and Hashem says the arbe. What's the arbe? Because Yitzchak himself, because Yitzchak's neshama. Includes the multiple, the multiple infinite Yidden that are going to come out in Yemaisa Mashiach as well. They're all inside Yitzchak's Neshama to a very, very lofty level where from which Yitzchak's Neshama comes from. The Maka of Arbe against the Mitzrim came from that place. This is so high that you can't put it in words. So therefore, it doesn't communicate that Hashem said it to Moshe. Even though it doesn't say originally that Hashem tells Moshe to tell Pare that he's going to be an Arba, but it does say that Hashem commands Moshe, stretch out your hand and bring the Arba. That does say in the day. So Luchura, how can we say that the communicating of God to Moshe about the Arba is too lofty to come into words, so it comes in mystery, mysteriously, but not in words, when you do find that the Abishta does come in. So he says, yeah, that's already because it's already in the... It's already in... Because Moshe already said it to Paroi. So it was already brought down already into the hemisphere. So now it could come into words. But but the original that Hashem tells Moshe to warn Paroi, drawing it from its very, very, very beginning, no words for that. This could not have been written. The Yashin Yonim. And then there are in Yonim, the last paragraph of the, over here. That it could be written, Lamoisha. And, the, and therefore it was written. That's why it is written. Many mitzvahs, it is written where Hashem speaks to Moshe. For whatever reason, these mitzvahs are more shy to go into Kalim, to find words of expression. If I give you an example, when we talk to Hashem, we talk to Hashem all year long through words. We spoke to Hashem all year long through words. Once a year, we don't talk through words. How do we talk? Through sounds. Through an animal horn. So you see with us as well, because it says the communication of a Yid on Rosh Hashanah is coming from such a deep place that there's no words for that. So there's no. So what do you do? You just blow. It's the cry of the soul that has no words. He's saying God communicates also to us from places that are not even communicatable. Some mitzvahs like this, some mitzvahs like that. In general, Loisa says are from beyond and 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 drabonons are even higher. Rakshem and Mela move on. Um Shemistam and out. The arm mitzvah he says where Hashem does tell Moshe. But it doesn't say that Moshe told it to us. Well, that we understand already. If Hashem told it to Moshe, Moshe told it to us. This concludes the mimer. By the way, this was explaining to me where did Rabbi Fish go when I needed him? Okay, we'll leave it when Rabbi Fish comes back. Is Right when we tell him when we got to the part that he needed to hear.
someone want to know how come the Rebbe didn't tell us Schwarz and Weiss exactly about and the Rebbe is saying there are things over here that are so high. You see, the Rebbe is hinting it to us. One of the one of the things that I saw someone said, someone, a certain individual was saying that if the Rebbe would have wanted to tell us um, who he is and what he's all about, why is he only dropping hints? Is that the way you reveal yourself to little hints? I heard this complaint. Come on, it's a joke. That's the way you're. According to what we're learning over here, that's the only way. <laughs> there are certain inyanim that are so deep and so So there is a hint over here and a hint over here and a hint over here. And the hints, that, that's where the deepest truths are coming over, which is not communicated in a, in a direct manner. In any case, I think, I think th- this mimer is so appropriate for the Alter Rebbe because this is the whole Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe brings us chassidus. He brings us in Yonim that are not shy to communicate. And yet, and yet, <laughs> and yet he brings down that whole, the world of Elokus. Us, with words that no one ever did. No one ever was able to do that. That's the Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe's Neshama. It took a Neshama Chadasha to be able to open up a communication between God and the Jewish people that never existed before. The deeper truth that they, and every time the Alter Rebbe said a mimer, the Abish just said, don't believe it. He got it. Finally, finally someone is telling what, what I really meant. The Abish is getting so excited. Every time the Alter Rebbe said a mimer, the says, there you go. Because, that, and that's why the Alter Rebbe, he literally, he really flips all of Yiddishkeit on its head. Everything, he reveals a depth and an understanding. And everything becomes completely metamorphosized. With such a... And in everything, he gives you the perspective, mitzad atzmas, mitzad how it is from the ultimate, ultimate emes of the Lukus. It's a new mouth. It's a new, it's a new chiddish. It's a whole new giloy. In a sense, it's a hemshech to Moshe Rabbeinu of Matan Torah. It's, it's, it's pinimius. That's why we say that Yutas Kislev, that is Chavdalatevis, but Yutas Kislev is phase two of Matan Torah. It's Matan Torah, and it's the beginning of Torah Seishon Mashiach, which is the godlier, inner, infinite, elokus element of Torah that was not open and revealed and 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 uh, experienced before the Balshentos and the Iker, the Alter Rebbe, who who who, who Created a language. That's that's the Kiddush of the Alter Rebbe. He created a, lam, a language that we can take these divine truths and communicate it to our human self, our human side, to our mind, to our emotions, so that we can fully become godly beings. We can live getlicha life. Chaim Lebrach. Yes, Rabbi Michi. Yeah. Yes. What? He's differentiating between the two. The, the Tyrus, when the Tyrus talking about Hashem telling Moshe, we're talking about how Kesser is communicating to Chachma. And when and when it's telling you when Moshe is speaking to Yidden, it's how Chachma is communicating it down through Atzilus Piyah all the way into our world. So the question is where where the where these words are, and yeah, I think there are. 
about Nedarim. There's no, there's no, there's no communication at the end of Bamir, right before the Varim. There's a mitzvah like that, and Akedat Krafta Rashi has to say that the Eibush told it to him. Yeah, yeah, Lachan, yes. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we reach a point where we're just saying, I, can't, I just know not that. <laughs> yeah. Because the question is, that's why we say, so why don't we say, Shasani Yisrael? Yeah. So with this, I, again, I want to commemorate and and and, and uh, the 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 schus that the Ebrister. I want to thank the Ebrister to give me the schus to have taught the Al Rebbe's Memorium for twenty years, and hopefully for we should continue forever and ever to be able to communicate. The Thursday night cheer should go on forever, forever and ever and ever. There's be enough tighter to learn for all. Okay, let's share let's share a story of the Alter Rebbe first, and a nigan and a story. Um, saw a very gishmaka story, which, and then there was a yid, a simple yid. A fine yid, a really, really good Jew, lived in a town in the Moliv area. Moliv is in Russia. There's different, different um, counties. Moliv is one of the counties. And yid um, a a wonderful yid, a beautiful yid. And um, they had a he had a child. He had a, ba- a baby was born to him and to, to this wonderful, beautiful, wonderful couple. And they noticed that this boy was exceptional, exceptional, exceptional child. The parents were pretty ordinary people, but the child was like on a whole different, a whole different level. He had an unbelievable tfisa, which means he had an unbelievable grasp. A grasp that just the likes that you'd never seen. When when he was pushed a little, like you know, just not he barely two years old. He looked at the olive bays, and you know how long you spend with a kid till you teach them the olive, and they recognize the bays. It takes a while to get olive bays, gimel, and five letters. This kid, like after like you know uh, a day or two, he was he was bucking in the olive bays, and he was a very young age. And then he got all the comments. It all went kishmered, like like butter on a on, on soft butter on a on a on a, on a on a. And so he started reading and reading. And uh, by the time that other kids were finishing their olive based charts, this kid had finished the entire chumash. The father um, was scared to take him to the malamid because he didn't want an ayin hara. He didn't want people to talk. So the father was teaching him himself. Father wasn't such a great scholar, but he managed the chumash. He was able to learn with him. So he went through chumash. And then the kid, then he, then he, hired, and he couldn't anymore. So he hired him in Malamed. The Malamed learned with him. He was, he was doing mesechtis like anything. Zroyim, moyed, nashim, like this. 
He got to Kachim Taharis, and this way the story is told, it took him a little longer, but also very quickly. When he was eight, eight years old, he was finished Shisha Siddur Mishnah, he started learning Gemara. By his Bar Mitzvah, he already had gone through Shas. Bar Mitzvah, 13 year old, and it wasn't standard. Not, not only did he did he did he was he was he buck not only did he did he did he uh that he know it but he but he was also see what was unique about him sometimes Tafka someone who has a really good head is lazy because everything comes easy but he was an incredible incredible diligent boy so he had both he was dil he was a masmid awesome he couldn't put books down he learned mamish mesechtis kamarish everything he knew he was unbelievable and he was a very beautiful very wonderful boy when he was about 15, 16, one day the father came into the house and walked into his child's room and he sees his kid with the book and he's reading. Father goes over and he takes a look. And this was a new, this was a Berlin book. One of the books that was coming out of Berlin, meaning this was already from the, uh, from the Haskala diggers for him. The father took a schmack and he saw what it is and he looked at his son and he caught him red-handed. And the boy, and he, he couldn't even say anything. He looked like this. And so the boy excused himself and said, no, 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 I just happened to find it. I figured I'll pick it up. I'll look at it. I, nothing, I'm, I'm not, that's not. And he gave it to his father. He doesn't need it, it's fine. Uh, a few weeks later, the father comes in, happens to come in again. Again, he's reading a book like this. Okay, this time, the boy didn't look so, so so flabbergasted. He seemed a little more comfortable. And the father was getting a little nervous that his child is beginning to read stuff that he doesn't think is good for the year of Shemayim, for the for the for the for the for the level of of, of God fearing that the because a lot of young minds were being kind of poisoned by the the enlightenment ideas, which was pushing a neglect of Torah and mitzvahs and embracing the world sciences and other knowledges. Anyways, turns out after a while that the father saw that the boy was pretty much, he had someone who got a hold of him and was feeding him all kinds of, all kind of, because he was brilliant, he was, he was, he was, he was like hungry for, for knowledge. And so this information was really intriguing to him. So he was reading books on science and books on all kinds of ideas, philosophy. And, uh, okay. One day, the boy, um, says that he's going, the boy left the house, the, 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 the dinner table and he said he's going, he's going, um, going to sleep early. Okay. So I feel like, there's a feeling, well, whatever. Okay. And then two, three hours later, he comes in, the parents are still up and they see him and he has a suitcase packed and they're looking at him, what's going on? Vigesto. And he says to his parents like this, he says, you should know that across the entire world, the people, the dumbest people live in Russia. The dumbest people live in Russia. Within, within Russia itself, the dumbest of the dumb live in white Russia. In white Russia itself, the, the biggest fools of them all live in the area and the county of Molev. In Molev itself, the biggest idiots, he said, live in the town, and he named his town. I forgot the name of the town. In this town, 
the most stupid of all are the people who live in this neighborhood. And over here, he says, the dumbest of the dumb are the people in this house. And then he turns to God and the chief of all fools is you. He points to his dad. And it was like a appearance that were dumbstruck. He said, I have nothing, I have nothing to, to, to have here in this house anymore. And goodbye. And with that, he just turns around, left, and there was a carriage waiting for him outside, and he disappeared. Obviously, the parents were be beside themselves, but what can they do? And he just he was out. They took him and he was taken to Berlin. He was put into one of the uh brought to the schools, to here, to there. And he because he was so brilliant, he was just flying through the various different teachers and professors, and he was mamish. He was the he was the 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 genius, and in through in the world's in the world of academics, he was a shining star, and everybody was everybody was blown away by him, and uh, he would even do travels. They even sent him abroad, and he went to Paris, and he went to study with the greatest professors over here and over there, and he was like, and his name was like going far and wide. Particularly, he took particular interest in mathematics and in and in um, medicine. And in the process of all of this, he started to be mechadish chedushim. Because he's such a brilliant... So he came up with a whole system in a whole breakthroughs in math and also in medicine. So he started writing books. He wrote two books based on his chedushim. And uh, he, was t- he, st- he took his books. He spent... Y- couple of years researching and thinking and perfecting it and perfecting it and perfecting it. And this was like going to become like major, major advances in the, in the, in the, in the world. The people were like, whoever looked at it was like, wow, this is, this has to be printed. This has to be, uh, okay. But he didn't want to print it. He wasn't sure about himself. He wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. He kept it as a, just in the, in his, in the, uh, what is it called? In the manuscript. At a certain point, after he had like all the accolades and all the all the, and he decided he thought to himself he wants to go back to his father, his parents because he he had like he was he was he really was an adult person he was a refined person, and it always hurt him deeply how he insulted his father. His parents were good to him, he insulted his parents like that. He ran off and he was so not nice. And he felt that he needs to come back to his parents and at least say sorry to them. And that they should acknowledge that he did the right move because look what he became. He's today a shining star. He has such a future ahead of him that he's going to be like, who knows who? So this was his, uh, so he decided that he's going to go back and, 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 and show his parents what became of him. And he's going to, and like, hopefully they'll forgive him, but they're also back. Because he felt that he, It'll mean a lot to him if at least his parents are getting nachas of him. So he's on his way and he thought he would show his parents his books. But then he realized my father and mother, they're very simple people. There's no way they begin to read a book like this. They have no idea what I'm talking about. So they're not even going to be able to appreciate it. So what am I going? He remembered when he was a kid that there was a rabbi in the the Vitebsk county. uh, And that was the Altarebbe. Who was known to be a chokhmuflig, a genius, like uh, credible, and he was knowledgeable also in worldly, in the worldly, in worldly sciences. So he figured if he goes to the Alter Rebbe, 
The Alter Rebbe's fame was known because of two stories. One of them in his knowledge. One of them is that they, they had a mystery with a clock. They couldn't figure out why the guys, the, a, person, a person had a, a, what do they call those clocks? A, a, a sun, a sundial. And three hours in the day, it wasn't working. And the Alter Rebbe had figured out that there was a certain mountain with trees that was a certain distance away that was blocking the things. And if the Alter Rebbe said they cut off the trees at that place, You'll see it will start working, and that's what happened. With Alter was 15 years old when he gave them this mathematical thing. And then from that time, from that, from then and on, people, even the non-Jewish world, were heard that there was this genius. And then another and, and other things that the that he that he so he heard, they figured if he comes to the Alter and the Alter will look, admire his books and tell him what an amazing work it was, then he'll come back and tell his parents that he went to the great rabbi of Liadi and the Rebbe told him, they weren't necessarily chassidim, but they, if, if he would give his thing, then, then the parents would appreciate it. Fine. So instead of go, making his way home to Moliv, he traveled to the Vitebsk region and went to Liadi. He came to Liadi and he comes into the, into the Alter Rebbe's base medrash. And there were the Yoshvim, the Chavid that was sitting there learning chassidus and learning a lot of These were genius, you know, the, the highest chassidim of the Alter Rebbe. Amongst them was a chassid, his name was Ramosha Meisels. Moshe Meisels was very fluent in many, many languages. Not only that, Moshe Meisels, besides him being a real chassid and a Talmud Chacham, incredible scholar, he also was, was very knowledgeable in worldly things. He, the, the, the Vilna Goyen had a lot, some of his students go to Berlin and to become Muslim in other knowledge, in other, in other, some of them survived and remained Erlich and some of them went off of the Vilna Goyen's people that he sent to Berlin. Moshe Meisel's got the Haskama from the Vilna Goyen to go to, to go to Berlin. So he studied there, and he had a lot of, before he became a chassid of the Altadim. So when he saw this person come in dressed like a Berliner, and with a fine suit and dressed like this, he realized, he went over to him, and he said hi, and he started talking to him in German and French. Moshe Meisel was very fluent in French. We know from the stories of Napoleon, he befriended, he was a spy. So, and he, and he had a discussion when he asked him, what are you doing here? And he told him exactly what happened, who he is, what he has, his books. And he wants to, he wants to show the Alter Rebbe and see what the Alter Rebbe says about his books. His chiburim. All right. So, Ramosha said, I'll, I'll see. He spoke to whoever needed to speak to. And the Alter Rebbe said they should let him in. They brought him in. And even though it wasn't time for Yechidus, he spent with the Alter Rebbe for an hour. He sat with the Alter Rebbe in a private audience. He came out after an hour. His face was ablaze. You could see his like his eyes were like. You could see his face was like he was very intense, and he's pacing back and forth, back and forth. And the chassidim always were interested. You know, obviously they want to know. Chassidim always attacked anybody that went out of the rebbe. What happened? Everybody, you know, what, what did the rebbe say? People always. So they were trying to like, but he was he pushed everybody away. He didn't let anybody come close to him, and he was just in a in a state. You can see of unbelievable israktras, which means he was emotionally, it was emotional turmoil. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for a whole hour. And then after like pacing like this, for, he, t- he takes out his book. He walks over to the oven and there's a, there is a little thing that you, that you can open a window into the thing. He takes his, his, his book on math and he throws it right into the fire. And then he continues pacing. He's pacing, pacing, pacing. And you see he's even more disturbed. Then he comes and he takes the second book and he walks over. 
So after he did that, and Moshe Meisels goes over to me, he says, come on, what's going on? You told me about these books, what's happening? So by now he calmed down a little bit. He said, I'll tell you what happened. I came in, I, 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 I spoke to the rabbi, I handed him the books, and the Al-Tarebbe opened it up, first book on, on with the Chedushim on math. He starts looking through, and within the first five pages, he reaches a page, the Al-Tarebbe takes a pencil and makes a mark across one of the pages. On or underline something, a whole a whole paragraph or something, and then he continues with the book. And then he takes the second book, and over here as well, he takes a look and marks one of the earlier pages, and then he closes it. And then he tells me as follows: He shows me your chedushim are brilliant, unbelievable, you know, amazing chedushim, but they're all based on certain premises. One of the premises that you have right at the beginning of the book is a false premise. And the Altar opens, opens and shows him exactly where he's off. And he says, based on that, this whole entire buildup that you built over here, the whole thing of this, is based on something that's not right, is wrong. And therefore, the whole thing is a chiddush al The whole thing is, 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 it's not truth. It's, it's garnish. And he showed him the same thing both in his mathematical uh, uh, book on math and on, his, and on his book on medicine. And both of them, the guy made a fatal mistake at the beginning, and the Alter Rebbe showed it. He says, I went out, and first, I, I, and I was thinking. and I, No, first I tried arguing, he said with the Rebbe. I tried arguing and showing, and then I realized he's right. And, I, and, the, and I, I, there, there was a back and forth, but then he, he, he showed me, and it, was, and it was so clear to me, the way he explained it to me, that, that I'm off. So when I went out, I was still trying to maybe figure out how because it was so painful. I said, this is my life's work. Everything I put in the last couple of years, which I was going to take the world by storm. My book would be published. And, and I was also so blown that all the professors and all the geniuses who, 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 who gave such praises and askamism, everybody failed to see it. But anyways, I reached a point when I realized that he's right, and I threw one in. And then I tried to still maybe redeem the second one, but I couldn't redeem it, and I found I threw them both. So, so the Ramosha says to him, so what? He says, I don't know who lost. So he says, would you maybe want to go into the Rebbe and ask? He says, if you get me back into the room to speak to him one more time, I would owe you my life if I can only speak to him again. So Ramosha says, I'll stay around. And Ramosha managed to get him a second Yechidus. He went back into the altar Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe offered him to privately learn with him. And he couldn't say no to that. He stayed in Liyajna or in Liadi. He stayed there for seven weeks. Weeks. And the Alter Rebbe learned with him every day. The Mittler Rebbe found out that this father, the Alter Rebbe, is going to learn B'chavrusa with someone. Imagine that. You know? <laughs> he, 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 he asked if he can become the... Mitla Rebbe was an opportunist. He was always going <laughs> to... When, when the Mitla Rebbe... There were certain Hasidists that the Alter Rebbe said for one of his daughters. No one else was allowed to be by the Hasidists that the Alter Rebbe shared with one of the... Dafke, his daughter. And the Mitla Rebbe made a deal with her that he's going to hide. And in the room... And that she shouldn't, she should tell him when the Alter Rebbe set up. And, but the Alter Rebbe busted him immediately and kicked him out uh, for trying to sneak in. This was only Hasidus for his daughter. 
She's the daughter that, that is buried right next to the Alter Rebbe. She got very sick when the Alter Rebbe passed away. She couldn't live anymore without him. And then she's buried in Hadich in the, the oil. I forgot her name. Uh, she had a dream. She was saying, Tata, ta, hola, like, uh, it's a very Himalaya. She was, she was on a whole different level. Freda, I think. She's buried, I think, next to the Alter Rebbe in Hadich. In any case, um, so the Mitla Rebbe and the Alter Rebbe said, no, 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 I'll tell you later what's going on. After seven weeks, this person suddenly, this young man, when he went, fell ill and he passed away. I don't think he ever made it back to his parents' home. He fell ill and he passed away. And the Alter Rebbe said to his son then that this neshama, he's the neshama of Rebbe Laza ben Derdaya. But the Gemara says a story about Rebbe Laza ben Derdaya, the one who was sinned, that he was a massive sinner. And then he did tshuva in the end of his life because of, a, of someone who awoken him to tshuva. And he did tshuva and he died doing tshuva. He was crying his soul out until he passed away. So he was sent out to the said he was sent down to this world many times. And because he had so much clipper that he accumulated because of his sins, Al-Tarebbe didn't say, because I, I made that interpretation. Al-Tarebbe just said he came down so many times and every single time he came down, he began his life being like incredible and then he always got, he always went off the rails. Every single time. And Al-Tarebbe said, now that I got a hold of him, I was not going to let him out. Before I before he has his tikkun, as I followed by Mir, I got him. So the, the Alter Rebbe completed his tikkun of this of this of this neshama of this young man, Chaim. Yeah. Maybe the Alter Rebbe sent him the story. Any case, Anigin.
Rebbe, bring us Moshiach Tzitkenu tonight. Regarding the Giyula, regarding the coming of Moshiach, there's a prophecy that says, V'samti katked, Hashem says, I will make your, your, your windows, Jerusalem, I will make them out of katked. Katked is a certain type of a stone. Out of precious gems, I will make your stone of katkate. The Gemara brings that there's an argument between, there were two malachim that argued. I think, I think it's a malachim, of an argument of angels that argued. What is katkate? One opinion said it's shoyam, it's a shoam stone, which we know on the ephod there was two shoam stones. And the other opinion said it's a stone called yashpe. Shoyam and Yashped are two stones. So there's a long mimer from the Alter Rebbe. It's a summer mimer. It's on Shabbos Nachamu or one of those Shabbos in there. On the Pasuk, Pashas Re'ei, the Samti Katked. Well, the Alter Rebbe explains what does it mean, the argument and the whole thing of the two, the two opinions of what the windows of Jerusalem are going to be made out of Shoyam or Yashped. He explains that there are two avoidists, Tzadik Elyon and Tzadik Tachtoin. There is uh, 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 the Shoam stone is Yosef's stone, the Yashpe stone is is Binyamin's stone, and 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 the nature of the two stones the Alter Rebbe explains is one is a type of a stone that's a very clean stone that allows light to pass through. The other stone is a very sparkly stone, and he explains that that represents uh, that there represents two types of avoda. There is an avoda of being a clear channel to God just channeling godliness down in its pure, pure, purest form. There's another channel, another way of connecting to Hashem, of purifying the, the Gashmi, purifying the world, refining the material. It's like the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu and Eliyahu Le- 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 and Navi. It's explained in the Hasidus. Moshe Rabbeinu was the clearest channel. No one was a, such a clear channel like Moshe. And that's why there's no Navi like Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who communicates like we learned now in the Maimon. He's the one the Torah was given to him. He's, he's Yisaid of Chachma. He's pure channel of Kayach Ma'avitl. When he was born already, he was full of light. He was the high, it's a, a pure, pure light. However, we don't find by Moshe Rabbeinu that his body went up to heaven. His body was buried. We don't know where he's buried, but his body was. However, by, by Elio and Navi, even though he's also a Navi, but Eliyahu Navi doesn't have the level of Navua like Moshe. But the mile of Eliyahu Navi was that he was mezachich, his body. He was mezachich, the physical, so much that his body can go up like an angel. And that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do. So it's explained different avodas, different tzaddikim. It has to do with where the neshama is. If it's a neshama of Mao, a neshama of Ban, two different levels of neshama. A masculine neshama is more of a, of, of a pure channel. A feminine neshama is more about the elevation of the earth, the elevation of the world. Two different channels, two different avoiders. 
The first base on Mingdash was more the Avoida of Binyam, of Yosef. The second base on Mingdash was more the Avoida of Binyamin. It's two different channels. It's refining the, through tshuva, we do more the avod of elevating earth. Through, um, Torah, we, 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 mitzvahs, we draw godliness down more from above. Two dynamics. And the argument of the, of the, of the malachim in the word, uh, what katkate is, if it's shayim and yashpe, is the question is, what is the ikr in, in, in the ultimate in the ultimate Beis Amigdash of the future, in the ultimate Jerusalem, in the ultimate connection, is it going to be made out of material of 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 the avoda of 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 the tzaddikim who channeled godliness down to the world, or is it going to be primarily made out of those who purified earth? What's the primary union? So it says that the Malachim were arguing, and the Ebrister said God came and resolved it. And God said, Let it be like this one and let it be like this one. And that's why it's called Katkade, which is Kedain and Kedain. In those days, they saw the word Katkade in the Navi. This one said Katkade means Shoyam. This one says Katkade. And, and there's obviously Emes. But then there's a deeper meaning. That Katkade means both. That means that the windows of Jerusalem are going to have Shoyam stone and Yashpe stone. Which means there's going to be both Avedis because the, the future... Based on English is going to include both bringing heaven down to earth and elevating earth to heaven. Avoid. And the reason I'm talking about this because I was thinking in, to, uh, yesterday, today, the Alter Rebbe's yard site is Dafka on Chav Dalid, which Chav Dalid is is the is the word Kad, which spells which is the, the root of Kad Kate. And if you think about what the Alter Rebbe did, is that it it it, it, it he was perfect in both these channels. Is that on the one hand, the Hasidus is a purest, purest transmission of the godliest ideas down to earth on a level of channeling Torah into the world like has never been channeled before. On such a clarity, bringing the Dvar Hashem, bringing a locus down with such a, in such, in such a, in such an amazing manner of Omaila Lamata. And Metzacheni, the Alter Rebbe gave us Aveda, taught us how to be Mazach the Nefesh Bahamas. How to work. In other words, so there's such particular avoid of how to daven and how to elevate and how to how to be, how to bring a zikhuch in our in our life. And there is a a, a mamish the, the shlemus of both in Yanim, you see by the altar. Related to Shnei Ur, the two lights, Momaila Lamata, Momata Lamaila. Connecting it all to Zalman, Lizman, to the time. And uh, so it could be I'm sure it says it. Maybe I saw it years ago. I'm sure the Rebbe connects it. Or it says from that the, the Alta Rebbe's yard site on Chav Dalid is connected to the Indian of Katkade. The ultimate, the windows of Jerusalem. The Alta Rebbe is the window. What do you think? Who's the window? The windows of Jerusalem through which we look out and see godliness is through the eyes and through the teachings of Hasidus. These are the windows. These are the Shem Shaysayach. In our lives, we have buildings. We have walls. We our world is made up of material, a material that obscure God. What does the Ab- what does the Alter Rebbe do? What does what did the Rabbeim do? They gave us windows, the window in which we can see through, and godly light can enter into our lives. Those windows itself, Katke, both through the purification of our Hasidus demands of us to learn Hasidus, even when we're coarse, even if we're unrefined, we have no excuse. We still have to learn Hasidus. The divine truths could come down very low. 
What Chassidus is not satisfied if we remain low. Chassidus wants us to pick ourselves up a little bit, to polish and to polish. And when, and when you do the Avodah, as much as you're polished, it demands more polishing. It demands more Avodah, more refinement. I saw today such incredible words in Lakuti the Buddha of the Friedrich Rebbe. Tell you a very Gishmaka story that I never saw from the Alter Rebbe. And as an introduction to this, because the, the Friedrich Rebbe brings this, this is the first Kuntris in Lakuti de Burim. I never really studied Lakuti de Burim. It's a, it's a very special safer to study, and I never did. Now, I ordered uh, a few months ago in the summer, they reprinted it into five volumes, small set, very Gishmak, with all the footnotes. And so I, I made a Seder now just last week to learn every day. A little Lakuti de Burim. So, um, um, in, in, in Lakuti de Burim, in the first uh, Likut, he brings a story there from Reb Nochum, the Alter Rebbe's grandson. The Mitla Rebbe had son, Reb Nochum. Uh, so, it's the Alter Rebbe's son, Ben Achaben, of the Alter Rebbe. He was a giant of a giant. And uh, the story of the way the Mitla Rebbe describes the story about him is that every it start, it's a Yutas Kislev bringing. So the Alter, so the Friedrich Rebbe is saying how Ram Nochum used to tell the story of Yutas Kislev every year, and he would say it with all detail and detail of detail, and there would be a Fabrengen and he would relate the whole story. And if some people would walk in in the middle, he would start all over again because he didn't want to leave out anything. And when new people would come, he would start. He, and he would mamish give it, and he knew he knew everything of the story, all the details of it. Any case, so the Friedrich Rebbe goes on to explain how the Nachum had everything written down. Ksavim. It's a very very painful end because he had an incredible amount of Ksavim written the 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 the, the, the Nachum about the Alter Rebbe, and the and somehow the Ksavim of Nachum got to the Friedrich Rebbe's uncle, the Razak. The brother of the Rashab, of the Rebbe Rashab, is a brother of the Rebzah. He was married to a great grand, to a great granddaughter of Reb Nachum. And he therefore had seen the Ksavim from Reb Nachum, from his great, great, great uncle, a great grand, not sure. Uncle. And he, 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 uh, the end story was he wanted it and he wanted to take it. And then photocopy, not photocopy it, or rewrite it, or at least copy them to have it. But something happened in which he was needed to do um, what's called again um, to do uh, askanis tsuburis, and because of that, he couldn't do it, and he had to do leave. He never ended up copying them. And what happened was Reb Nachum a few weeks before he passed away took called over someone. And took, I think he himself, or he called this person over and he told him, take the whole, who's bound and bound of Ksavim, telling amazing stories of everything, and he threw it into the fire and he burnt it. The Rizal. The, no, the Rizal didn't have it. He, he, was, he, he showed it to him, but he never had it. Ramnochem burnt it. No, the Rizal burnt it. That's what happened. Yes, the Rizal had those Ksavim and the Rizal burnt it. And 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 when the Rebbe Rashab heard that the Rizal burnt it, he said, "No, 
is a sign that we're not supposed to read what's there. But but there is a burnt it now, and, and the, the Friedrich Rebbe explains why he burnt it. But I'm gonna uh, it's, it's very interesting story. But upon him, let's go back to Ramnochem. The story is that Ramnochem lived in Niezhen, where his father was buried. The Mitla Rebbe was buried in this is buried in the town called Niezhen. Who are those who traveled with us to the Sefer Torah? We went to Niezhen to the Mitla Rebbe. The Mitla Rebbe was buried in Niezhen by divine providence, but just by default. He was on the way home. Um, home back to Lubavitch from Hadich. The Mitla Rebbe, the last year of his life, went to Hadich for Rosh Hashanah, where his father was buried. And he spent Rosh Hashanah there, and he spent, on the way home he fell ill. And he, he ended up in the city of Niedish, similar to the Alta Rebbe, who also passed away traveling. The Mitla Rebbe passed away in Niedish, and he's buried in Niedish because he happened to, to have fallen ill over there, never made it back to Lubavitch. Anyways, Remnachem lived in Niezhen. This is in Ukraine, yeah. Remnachem lived in Niezhen. And every year, he would go to his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, and he would spend many, a few months there. It says he would go in the beginning of Elul, and he would go back home after Hanukkah. Every year. So he was there at Rosh Hashanah the first few months. But as years passed, Past, he kept on delaying it and staying there longer. So much so that the, that the last time he was there, he was there from Elul, Rishchaydish Elul, until Purim. He sat, he would always, he would live by the oil of the altar. The Siddim were wondering why is he spending so much time by the oil of his grandfather? Literally, every year. So the thought was that he's there, Reb Nachum is there because he's trying to do a tikkun for something that he feels guilty about. What's the story? When the Alter Rebbe was running away from Napoleon, there was a bunch of caravan, there was a whole caravan and a bunch of wagons. And the Alter Rebbe was in the third wagon and, and Reb Nachum was sitting in the first wagon. And whenever they came to a crossroads and they needed to decide which way to go, the Alter Rebbe would step out of the wagon. He would walk up to the crossroad. He would stand on his, on his stick within a state of Dveikus. And then he would say this way or that way. Um, sometimes he wouldn't do it by going out. He would, from his wagon himself, he would stop, he would think, and he, sometimes he would walk out to the crossroad and he would say this way. One time, the Alter Rebbe gave directions which way to go, and Reb Nachman was in the first wagon by mistake misunderstood, and he went the wrong way. And when they went quite a few kilometers already, they realized, the Alter Rebbe realized whatever, and they thought maybe they should turn back, but again, they were escaping the... And the Alter Rebbe gave out a big kracht, and the Alter Rebbe said, "Whoa!" He said, "Alter Rebbe, I think said, good is to a good is when gr- grandchildren listen to their grandfather, and woe is to the grandfather who has to listen to his grandchildren." And basically, the 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 it seemed like this kind of mistake is what led to the Alter Rebbe then catching getting pneumonia and getting sick and. Which, which led to the Alter Rebbe's passing. So Reb Nochem, the Hasidim people thought that Reb Nochem is going and sitting in Behadich all the time because he's seeking a tikkun or whatever for that kind of, for, he feels. But it was a mistake. That wasn't it. One time when he was in Yezhen, he told the story. When he got married, it's an amazing story. When he got married for his wedding, 
he got chassan. Chassan gets nice clothing. So they gave him a new, a new kapata, and a new, including in Russia, in, the, in the, this a cold winter, he got a beautiful coat. And it had leather on it. It was a really, a real hush uh, of a coat. The Alter Rebbe called this, his new, his anakal in, and the Alter Rebbe said to him, you know, if I make an exchange with you and I give you something, money or whatever it is, I want to make a rip on your new coat and then it will put a patch on it and we'll patch it up. Would you be masking? And and he said, no way. No way. I'm never. He says, I want, I wouldn't want that. So the Alta Deva said, how about if I promise you to learn with you? You'll be, I'll learn with you. In exchange for letting me tear your coat and then falate it, give it a patch. He said, no. Now the story doesn't make any sense if you really, you know, how could it be that he didn't want Alta Deva's promising to learn with him? The Rebbe told the story and the, in the, the new Lakuti, the Burim, it gives you all the, it, on the bottom, it gives you footnotes. I was able to check up all the times the Rebbe spoke about it. So the Rebbe explains in the story, when the Rebbe told the story, was that because he, he, was, he was just a bit over his bar mitzvah when he was getting married. He was maybe 14, 15. He wasn't, yeah, they were getting married very young. So instead, at that time, he, he felt, you know, he's got a nice coat, he had a whole thing. So the Alter Rebbe said to him, and what happens if I promise you, imi b'mechitzasi, which means you're going to be with me forever. Wherever I am in my chamber, you're with me. So even a 15-year-old boy understood that that's not a easy, that's not a little thing. That's like the highest thing you can promise somebody. So this, the, 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 the Friedrich Rebbe says, Reb Nochum said that he, could, that he couldn't say no to. But he, he's smart. He asked the Alter Rebbe, do I have to want that you, allow you to do it, to rip it and to make a, a, a tear on it, do I have to do it be'emes? Or if I just do it be'kabolas oil, because this is what you're telling me, just because the Rebbe says it was that good enough. In other words, to bring myself that I allow you to rip my coat and tear it and make it and ruin it, um, be'emes, I can't. But if it's enough that I do it with kabolas oil, which means I do it because, because you know, then, then, then I, can, I can agree. So the Alter Rebbe says, I'm asking of you to do it with the full truth of your yechidah of your soul, of your essence of your soul. And he didn't answer. He did not answer. He didn't say yes. Right before his chuppah, the chassan came in, and I guess he was wearing his coat before to go to the chuppah, because the minute is to put a coat on, the Alter Rebbe took a knife, took a scissor, <laughs> and the Alter Rebbe cut a piece off. The Rebbe explains the story. Why is the Rebbe cutting his garment? What in the world is that? The Rebbe says that, the Rebbe explains the story, that the, in the Friedrich Rebbe, there's no explanation, but the Rebbe explains the story that at that time in Russia was starting the Yetzahara of people to, to the Putsin with their Bavushim, to, to try to make themselves look, you know, to, 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 um, to beautify themselves. It was never an Indian in the Jewish community. People wore clothing, but to, to kind of make yourself, it was a new taiva that was starting to hit the Jewish world. For the women, it's okay. But for the men, it doesn't, it doesn't belong that he should be busy with his garments and with his clothing, with his looks. 
So the Alter Rebbe wanted to make a shvira, a break in that, in that, in that klipa. So he, he wanted to start it with his family. So for that, he was willing to give an exchange to bring him into his own room private because he is, and it was, it was hard for him. And the Rebbe said, especially with a young 15-year-old who's getting married, that's when the younger lights want to look good. <laughs> He's feeling good about his garments. Anyways, that's the story of Reb Nachum. So th- to do a tikkun on that, he says, I go there every, from my hesitation and from my immaturity and from my not willingness to get my coat ripped. <laughs> For that, he spent all those years by the altar. It was his grandson. Um, oh, so why am I saying this? Because one of the reasons later these ksavim got burnt, the result, is because the Friediger Rebbe says that the altar Rebbe demanded of Hasidim such refinement of character, such such inner work. For example, after the arrest of the Alter Rebbe, which was after a period of a war, literally a war between the Hasidim and the Mesnagdim, there was such so much suffering. The Hasidim, you know, went through so much persecution, and finally, the peak of it was. They managed to get the Alter Rebbe to make a, a lowly Mesira and get the Alter Rebbe to be arrested and put into jail. And they, the day it says that Ram Nochem had it in his book, they, they once the Alter Rebbe was arrested, they, they made an announcement in all the in all the places that the next day is going to be a Yomtiv and everybody should come to Shul. They're going to say hollow, whole hollow with a bracha. And 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 like and and make and make a suda and I forgot there was like a few things that everybody asked. This was when they when they the 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 people who believe that the Hasidim are heretics. So when they got the Alter Rebbe arrested, they felt they won. So when the Alter Rebbe finally was vindicated and came out, there was an incredible moment of joy by the Hasidim, and imagine the feeling of we won. We're, victory is ours. So the Alter Rebbe sends a letter and the Alter Rebbe warns the Hasidim that they shouldn't in any way behave like arrogant towards their towards the people who made them all their suffering. And the Alter Rebbe warns in Tanya, says, not even to whistle. And the Friedrich Rebbe explains, you know what a whistle means? A whistle is a, that, that what the Hasidim would do would be an expression of a holy, of a holy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, all of what you've done, you lost, we won, however, we're the winners, it's our way. The Alter Rebbe saw that if Hasidim would do that, even that tiny little bit of like, uh, that would be an opening for, for negative, negative character. Which can lead to Yenika Sachitzonim and so on and so forth. And the Alter Rebbe sniffed, the Friedrich Rebbe says, How much holiness and how much education and how much refinement and demanding did the Alter Rebbe demand after everything that the Hasidim were through, after so much, and they finally have a moment where they can finally, you know, shoot the fireworks and go out and tease them and snag them and say, huh, you see, you tried, you lost, take a look what happened, we won. The Alter Rebbe didn't let that. 
So it seems like from the Friedrich Rebbe, the reason why the, the, the Reza had, the, had, it, had it burnt, because if you read the stories over there, it would create by Hasidim a certain aha, certain midas, certain, 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 uh, just by knowing all the details that was in that story that the, that the Reza had over there, would create by Hasidim a, a, a sense of, of how do you call it? Uh, arrogance, a sense of, you know, glee, glee and which goes against what, how Hasidus demands people to, to, to with Avas Yisrael, with caring and never, never that sense of, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. Although we stand for what's right, but not with that. And, and, and for that, he burnt all these ksach. And the Rebbe Rezad, Rezad had the decision to do that. And the Rebbe Rezad said, no, if this is it, then this is the way it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, Rebbe Nachum, all those. Yeah. Chassidus. Chassidus is, is educa- educates. And educates and demands and and is never satisfied with with any level of refinement because there's always there's always deeper. L'chaim. L'chaim